Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for. You are now listening to the sounds of the great stand microphones. You really think you can fly that thing? You really think you can do all that bullshit you just said? And here we go again, another podcast, it's another Friday night, and this is Milk Crates and Motherfucking Microphones. I am the sick wonder I, Mr. Brandon F. Bonfry, and with me as always, it's your boy, his boy, their boy, everybody's boy, soldier's boy, plus the suicide boys, and the hype boy, and the beastie boys, we're motherfucking here. It feels good to be here on a Friday, it's been a little strange, but that's alright, because uh, that's how it is sometimes in life, and sometimes, sometimes you just gotta just steer out those motherfucking thoughts and just keep on moving. Sometimes it's like you're chilling on the brakes, uh, getting strange on uh, the brakes. Sounds like you know somebody we know, so if yeah. you know who we know, you're here together with us, we appreciate you, this is your boy, The Infamous Nonsense, thanking you for being with us. Hell yeah, we got a very, very special show for you tonight, uh, an interview with a legend, um, somebody that's been in the hip-hop game for nearly three decades, and we are very lucky to talk to Mike and I tonight, and someone that's here to do that conversation with us. He'll be in that seat from now to Affinity. It used to be JS3, but now it is Triple Motherfucking Sick. Yo, 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 what's good? What is good? Happy Friday. 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 It doesn't feel like Friday for some it reason. It doesn't feel like Friday, no. but some happy reason, Friday. Everything feels kind of off, but... We're here, we're going to be doing something that we love to do. This is something that kind of brings us back and uh, puts us in a good mood, kind of straightens out our week, and uh, we're here to enjoy it with you, and hopefully you enjoy the show and the conversation that we have. But before we get into that conversation, we need to do a little bit of something that we likes to call. Are you even ready for this? I'm ready. I you can, are? We can make it happen. You're always ready for it, right? We can make it happen. Well... This is something that we start off every podcast with. It is something that we like to call This Week in Hip Hop. Hip Yo, yeah, yeah. this week in hip-hop, we're going to do something a little smooth here. This man is kind of new to the scene. Um, not super new, but new enough. He's a Rhode Island local, uh, local and uh, he's actually signed a Strange Famous label. If you don't know who Strange Famous is, it's from our boy, Sage Francis. He's independently financed, which means that the label probably is doing more than you're doing yourself. So. Yeah. Let's put it like this. The label began in 1996, Sage did his thing, and not too long ago, he signed this man. And this man is here to bring you a new album that he just dropped yesterday. Strange and Famous album has been around since 96. So it says right here. Uh, originally, yeah. This in you yeah. since 96, it says. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so the album I want to bring off from being produced from Strange Famous is by a man named Jesse the Tree. And this album actually is pretty fucking hard. This guy kind of sounds, I hate to say it, he sounds Mike and ish a little bit. Oh. You know, he's got that that oh. smooth, like uh, kind of like a hip-hop feel to him smooth for sure real smooth and On then that note, cool. uh, he doesn't cool. sound like he would look like you would hear the man you think he's maybe like uh maybe an older you know like well you know i don't know i don't know how to say he just seems like he's got a lot of soul to him and you mm-hmm. see him he doesn't he doesn't seem yeah. like he'd be that guy but you know what he is that guy and the album i want to say he's dropping is pigeon man and this came out yesterday oh wow august 18th this uh, week in hip-hop for real for real for real 2022 and the song i want to drop off of there it's him and sage francis we might as well do it correctly here 
and the song is called Bigger Batter Wolf. And it, the whole album itself is pretty dope. And everything I've heard from him, um, all of his albums he's put out are all pretty fucking good, dude. And it yeah. is. And I hate to say it, you know, there's something you could pick up. You're like, uh, I'll skip this. I'll skip this. There's a lot there to keep you from skipping. So I, yeah. I highly suggest you give the album a check out. This is your boy, mm. Jesse the Tree, with his newest album out here. And if, you know, you better go get it. It's Pigeon Man. And this is the song with him and Sage Francis. Let's get it. Bigger, badder, wolf. And. I mean, if you're working with Sage, if you're on Strange Famous, you must be doing something right. So, oh, yeah. And especially check out Sage. Jesse the Tree. Sage wants to be on your album with you. You're definitely doing something right. For sure. Produced by Mopes, too. Yeah, shout out Mopes. Shout out to Mopes. Shout out to Mopes. I walk the walk of a lumbering monster It is one with imposter syndrome Talk to my mama though I am not just big bone, nah I am a critical miscellaneous muscle mass With a fleeting memory Defeating my weaknesses with sleeplessness And then feeding off of the energy I blindsided the cyclops Stuck in one-sided arguments Undecided voters got no time to focus Somehow found the confidence to proudly announce There are no more aha moments for us to stumble upon Nah-uh, you rodents I know there's something beyond our tunnel vision Our stunted wisdom There's something stinking every election year Bad habits like jackrabbit, and I swear there's more than just the smell of sex in the air. You need to breathe deep before you huff and puff and blow your stimmies. On a repossessed abandoned squatted on home for pity. You want the truth? Any old battle will do. You want the truth? Way too many have acted a fool. You want the truth? We're all just rapping for food. There's always a wolf that is bigger and better than you. Hate to shatter your view. Story to tell. Morning glory, heart shining through the poison itself. Church bells harmonizing with the chorus in hell. The amorphous souls drift through abandoned carousels. No Canterbury tells. This is capillary swell shit. Bloody Mary mirror glass shatter like Shaq did. Covered in the grave, death, love, rap, taxes. Watermelon haze when the bones in the back sit. This is kerosene and matchsticks. Habits I detached with. Gravel pit of ashes. Arrows through the apple spit. The world governed by the masochists. So I give them good trouble. Knuckles covered up in sacraments. Red-handed planted flowers with the earth rip. Power ridden curse inks. Golden bower birds sing. Angels who rehearse grief. Curtains burning harmony. So what if God is just a common thief? Peace. That's Jesse the Tree with Bigger Batter Wolf featuring Sage Francis. Really like it, really like it. And something I know that you really do like about that is it's a nice 2.30 song. Yeah, I like it. It's a 30 second. Real short and sweet. Real short and sweet. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. Short and sweet's the way to be nowadays. And I think that's that's the, like we've talked about many times, I mean, that's just the... Sweet spot. Not just the sweet spot, that's just the evolution of people's attention spans in this world just Mm. being shortened and shortened and shortened to the point where... It got to the point where I think a lot of people were just listening to one verse of song and then skipping to the next song, skipping to the next song. So now Hearing artists are like, you know what? Part, fuck yeah. it. Bro, on that note, just in general of short attention spans, dude, I have so many like subscriptions to different, uh, you know, uh, like YouTube? Netflix, oh, okay, okay. Hulu, Amazon, HBO. Dude, I can't 
pick something right yeah, away. Me neither. I gotta. I yeah. scroll for like you two too much. hours. You're dude. oversaturated. Yes, there's too much to choose from. Disney Plus, Paramount, fucking HBO, Showtime, <laughs> yes. Cinemax. I'll be laying in bed scrolling everything. through all these fucking movies it's trying to find something to watch. My wife's like. Why you work? Why you care so much? You're just gonna fall asleep in five minutes anyway. True, it's true. Yeah, but yeah. it's the fact like, that yes, that's so those, true, right? those like, five minutes matter. though is what matters. Same though. here. I don't know. And what I do now is I just go. I'll go to Hulu and just throw on a TV show and throw on like something I've seen a million times. Throw on Sunny. You know, throw on Workaholics. You don't hit the. You know random? what I mean? And yeah. it'll just that yeah. that's calming and put me to sleep. And yeah, you know. I hit the random on Netflix. Dude, I, I rarely do that. That is dangerous. then I get bored. I put it on real quick, and I'm like, oh, this show sucks. I'll start watching this. Fall asleep. More time works. You know, more common than not. Do you have? Does it pick shows that you like? Oh, sorry. Does it pick shows? No, doesn't doesn't always pick shows I like, but it does show me some shows that I can get into that I'm like, this is actually decent. Yeah, I'll give this a try. Like I don't know, but. It's you know just, what I watched on uh, Netflix? It's on Netflix. It's an older show, the History Channel show. It's called Alone. Oh, the survival show. <laughs> that's a good show. That. That's on TV. It's such a good show. Yeah, that's a good show. <laughs> I watched season eight that was on Netflix. Season eight. It was on Netflix. There's eight seasons. Yeah, Jeez. there's more than that. There's what? Because no, this is the last season. I thought they're on TV though, doing new seasons. They might. So have those haven't. Those, those aren't coming to Netflix just yet. Well, they don't even have one through seven on Netflix. What's they the, only oh, have season eight on okay. Netflix, which that is super weird. But that that was interesting kept my attention and i was able to it was one of those ones where you were done with one and you're like fuck i gotta watch the next one to see how it goes i gotta see if this motherfucker got food or is that i gotta the one see with if the shelter but the white guy doesn't want to leave is that that one there's so many white guys well, that don't want to leave there's a new one where the white guy's like <laughs> I, don't, I don't i have nothing for me at home he's like this is what i like and he's a like a lot he's of those built people his, are like that he's built that place so fucking dope he's like i could live here forever bro where are they so a lot of different spots the one okay. that i all watched on alaska i think the, right? no all over the place the one that i watched in particular was in uh bc british columbia um and like this uh, around this lake it's one of the most deadliest environments to live in there's nobody that lives out there wow. because it's just always cold snowy windy yeah and there's it's a feeding ground for grizzly bears yeah so there's so mm. many grizzlies there and during the season the competitors were seeing grizzly bears everywhere yeah and mostly you know they're building their shelters like i gotta build this strong because a motherfucking grizzly bear come to the come door. In this motherfucker. yeah hell yeah dude that's crazy are building dope shelters though i gotta oh, give yeah. them that oh yeah i just think i'd go crazy without being able to turn the tv on really that's your thing yeah i think so i think i would like because i'd just be alone in my I thoughts think the too being, long being alone just period is just tough make you crazy yeah for sure Drive you crazy. i can only take so much dude yeah, yeah. um it's it, i think we've also been spoiled with how many people and personal interactions were you know engaged with every we're day engaged with. i so honestly yeah. <laughs> i work by myself majority of the time so yeah, i'm yeah. with myself a lot okay. but i also have podcasts and stuff i was thinking yeah. about this the yeah. other day and mm. i'm like i'm not really alone because i'm like i'm listening to a podcast of people talking that's true and i'm like in the conversation too because yeah, i'll yeah, be like oh like, yeah. oh no fuck that like there'll be a pick three and i'll How be like would oh you no fuck that imagine being uh, like tom hanks and castaway bro where you're stuck on this fucking island with nothing there's no electronics when he didn't right? when he hadn't read for months on Jeez. months he hasn't read anything like, and then that piece of the porta potty floated up and he goes Bakersfield, like he almost <laughs> forgot read, how yeah. to read. Like wow. it's been so or speak, long. Or speak, yeah. that's you know? insane. He huh? didn't hurt his own voice, so he's like, "Did I?" He was I'm like, looking forward to. Like I'm looking forward to uh, Castaway Two featuring what? Chet Hanks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a Jamaican. <laughs> 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 Brother, we gonna survive? I'm stuck on the island. Hold on, has Chet Hanks been in any movies at all? Yeah, yes, yes, has he? Yeah, he's a pissaway. He raps. Go check out some music. Some Chet. He actually sounds pretty tight. People just give him shit because the white guy being Jamaican, but he's actually pretty cool so I mean, I'm, did, not, I'm not hating on the man did, uh, anything, uh, but. a song called white boy summer 
It's a white boy summer. Jesus, put it on. I mean, I can, I can see him. Actually, we shouldn't have put that on. That'll I can see him doing over. a show that's a oh, white boy summer. Oh, it looks like he's related to MGK and everybody. Like, who is this guy, man? I don't know, oh, okay. That's, that's uh, born in 1990, so he's a younger, oh, Jesus. A younger a, cat. He seems like a guy that just blows all his dad's money. Like he'd uh, call man. him and be like, "Hey, I need another fucking 50 grand." By just Thursday. keep your eyes open for that Castaway too. It'll all be out the, soon. He was in it's, Fantastic Four. It's called Chetaway. He, he was in <laughs> Bratz the movie. Look at my boys out here making movies. Greyhound. Greyhound. Jesus, right, Tom right. feels bad for him. If Tom has to put him in his own movies, you're like, my son needs some cash. He's One of the funniest money. things that fool did. I mean, because. I don't know if you could call him funny. He's just kind of a troll on the internet, but he did he did this post. I remember uh, this podcast I listened to. They brought it on, but they he did this post where he was like, you know, guys, it was the middle of COVID, like right when the vaccines came out. He's like, you know, I've been thinking about it. You know, it's very important that we all get the vaccine, and mm. everyone in Hollywood needs to step step up and come together and oh, speak Jesus. your mind. We we need to do this. It's right for humanity. We we really need to get the vaccine. Psych! <laughs> Fuck you, motherfuckers! You really think I'm gonna be doing that? Yeah. Yeah, oh that. my god, it was hilarious, bro. It's crazy. I'll see so it had me just thinking. laughing, just trolling motherfuckers. He's one of those trolls. Oh, you see yeah. the guy that came out and he was making, uh, he made that one vaccine and he's like, I got so much of it, I got millions of it, I'm just going to throw it in the trash. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to take Mm-mm. it. And I'm like, why would anybody want to take it? You know what I mean? I know people should be taking it. Yeah. YouTube doesn't like that. Uh, take them, take them. <laughs> I mean, if you want to take it, take it. If yeah. you don't, don't. That's just don't, what I got to say about it. Uh, I dude. F- I feel like uh, by now, it would have got you, and it would have killed you by now. If you well, were meant to be dead, you'd be dead by now. Now yeah. there's a number of other viruses to worry about, so that's a, a little pops. bit of the past. You got plenty else to worry and then about. You got the shrew, the shrew virus. You seen that <laughs> no, one? The, the shrew virus. The shrew, the shrew, shrew virus. Yeah. yeah, I'm like some shrew- fucking shrews now. The shrewrus. Jesus Christ, dude. Have you seen the new movie Prey on Hulu? No, uh, that's the that's the what do you Predator? The new, Predator. Is it a show or a movie? It's a movie, and the Predator prequel. It's not. It's not a show. It's not a show. Okay. It's a movie, and let me say this. Good. No. I double stamp it, man. Wow. Double stamp. I double stamp it. What do you give it out of ten? Honestly. Hold on, hold on. Maybe I don't. Uh, yeah. A double I'm, is I'm, up there in the nine. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's like a nine five. Yeah. Maybe I give it a stamp and a half. So at, it's a at nine. The least, it's at all the least. nine. Then, but huh? um, it's a good movie. Check it out. Uh, I like the premise. Uh, Does Predator look as badass as he did in the eighties? Predator's a badass in there. He's a, a ugly fucker, but uh, is he, he always has been an ugly fucker. He can go visible again. Uh, yeah. So tied, same tied. same t- uh, traits and tied, uh, abilities tied. that I and remember. And his skin is acid when they poke him. Like his blood like burns and shit. Yeah, it was, I think it's green. Yeah, uh, it's green. green blood. I remember he got shot uh, by like or stabbed by Arnold in the original. One and yeah. that was hella bleeding, mm-hmm. and he fucking takes his blood and burns his skin. So that's one it. one big difference about this movie compared to the originals. Like the original, you had like Jesse Ventura, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, the black guy that's these in the big bad motherfuckers who are like these um, uh, fucking military guys. Yeah, the black guy plays the cop. He's with him in. He's like Apollo, I think. He's yeah, the same Apollo, guy. Yeah, Apollo, yeah, Apollo's in that Apollo one too. Creed. Yeah, it's like a cop and shit. So. Yeah, 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 so yeah. He's in it too. Buff motherfuckers, but in this one they're. Uh, it's like Native Americans, a whole tribe. Because mm. this is back in the old, old days. All right? Oh, so they take a, it back. This is a prequel, mm. all right? The very okay. beginning, how okay. Predator first came to be. Oh, shit. So uh, it's like a Native American tribe, and uh, he's kind of killing off their fucking men. So and, absolutely uh, worth the watch, then. Yeah, some some Native American That's warriors have to go That's after this motherfucker and try enough. to kill him. It's but. hard. It's hard when you tell someone it's a good to watch, and then you watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't recommend for it a anymore. Hulu for a but Hulu yeah, made cool. movie that went straight to Hulu. Yeah, uh, good good movie. Uh, Check not, it out. Not corny at all, huh? Uh, it could be a little yeah. corny in, in some regards. You know what I give a stamp to, which uh, I give it a stamp because it's fun. 
Huh. The new fucking Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg vampire yes, movie. That one too. I give it a stamp. Day right? Have you seen it? Day shift. Day shift. Have you seen it? I have not. It's Check good. it out. It's worth it. It's worth it's a good. stamp. Yeah. It's Shout good. out to Dave Dave Franco, who yeah. is the brother of James, yes. who kills it. Uh, yes. he's, a, he's a funny fucker, man. Mm. Pisses himself. What else? What else, he, cut off. Time. what else has he been in? Dave, Dave Franco? Franco. Been in the grape, man. Uh, neighbors. Yeah, neighbors. That's what I remember uh, a lot from. You know what they do to people like me? Well, sounds like great. Now you see me. Now you see me. Now you see me too. Yeah. Nerve. What movie is? that though where he neighbors where I primarily remember him from he has a similar personality yeah. in this movie which one's uh, the one where he's like he says great when they're gonna rape him and so when he goes to jail with that one fool and he's in trouble he's you know what they do to people like me in jail exactly. sounds like grape and he's with that one fool <laughs> I uh, don't know they shoot his dick off and shit it's, what is this nerve what movie is this uh, it's hella funny I forgot is uh, it a horror or what no is it's, it? like, it's like a comedy kind of you know huh. but like like they're like like they're selling drugs at the school Oh, Twenty One Jump Street, right? Yeah, he's in Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, he's hella funny in that. That's yeah. what else he's in. He yeah. is. Yes, that's what I first saw him. Yeah, he's he's funny. He's funny. He's funny. Fun. You know who's making a comeback? I said last time his brother James. He's apparently uh, playing Fidel Castro. Pederas? Fidel Castro coming up. Pederas coming back. Man. Man. I don't know if that's a fucking a wagon <laughs> you want to hit your train I to, have, but hell no. I that have James Franco. <laughs> You did some questionable feel bad thing. for that guy. Yes. Feel bad for that guy. Um, you feel bad for him, or you feel bad for the victim? Feel bad for the victim, but I feel bad <laughs> for that guy who has to come back trying to be somebody. Get the fuck out of here. Even Seth Rogen doesn't want to be his friend. I know. Yeah, that's the hardest part. That's hard. He shit on his career. Yeah. Um, but apparently not because he's recasted as uh, Fidel Did Castro. Fidel Castro. Do they forgive and forget? Is that but, what happens? Uh, I mean, they're pretty similar, right? <laughs> yeah, they're both fucking dictating pieces of shit. So I think I, at I this guess, point, yeah. though, I have higher hopes for Dave Franco, especially after seeing Day Shift. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Oh, uh, dude, hilarious! He, he shines in it, but also Snoop Dogg's a fucking cowboy, and he just killing motherfuckers, act like a badass, hey, no sunglasses on. Snoop Dogg's pretty fucking <laughs> tight in that one. I just, I don't know. I think it's funny how Snoop like, Dogg is awesome in everything. Yeah, dude. He anytime is. you see him in when a he movie, shoots, he's the, he gets out in the fuck out of the truck and the motor. There's yep. Moen falling yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. He has that yeah. crazy yeah. ass fucking. Is it a machine gun or what kind of gun is that? Gatling gun. Gatling, Gatling gun. gun. Yeah. The that, same one Terminator has. I just, dude. Funny Super you just say that. I just watched uh, Terminator One and Terminator Two. Super good. So good. Even though stories might not line up perfectly. No, they don't at all. The first one he's there to kill her. The second one he's there to save her. So. Well, that's different because. That, that's not what lines up. But well, what does it line up for you? Will you grab me a brew on your way back, please? Um, first of all, John Connor is supposed to be like 13 in the second one. Yeah. When he was born in 85, and the second one's supposed to be done in 95. Yeah, and he's supposed to be already a badass in the future. Like, here he served with his son. He's telling him in the first one, your son's killing all these robot machines, and he's coming yeah, back. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Just look into Sky, it. Sky, great. Sky, what is, what is Skynet. it? Skynet. Skynet. Yeah. Great. Thank you, sir. Great fucking movie, though. Skynet. Great series. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, number three's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. The first one holds up, you know, pretty fucking first well. First one's good. Super second good. one's good. Super good. Third one's still good, too. Which one's the one with the hot chick? Where she becomes, a, she's a Terminator. No, 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 where the, where the chick's a hottie in the fuck one of the Terminators. She's like the new Terminator chick. Oh, I haven't seen it. Where she's a Terminator. I not any of the new shit. That's like four or five, I think. Mm, don't fuck with them. Yeah, I, I went to the theater three. to see it. Yeah, yeah, I was old three. school. I had to go see it. I don't think I've seen any of the new ones. Maybe the very, very first new one. Mm. Yo. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey how are you? I'm in. I don't know if you got my personal text. I was saying, send it to my email. I'll be having them tech-savvy moments, but I'm in, ah. and that's all that counts. And yeah. I'm in my studio spot, so I'm not going to do the crazy background. I'm just chilling. Have I'm a, on my little phone, so we I'm going to prop you that. up right here. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need one you. second. I got to... Uh, yeah, set yourself up. I got to power eye real quick. <clears throat> you dig? And I, then uh, yeah. we'll take it from there. 
But are we on the air right now? Can you yes, hear me? Sir. Yeah, we can hear you. We're live right now. Live. I want to make sure y'all can hear me clear and shit. Yes, sir. I'm not always third off, dude. Uh, <laughs> it no. reminds me of Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're cool, man. We we uh... I don't have I don't have the physique. No. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to prop it up right now. I'm literally I just finished recording, dropping a little verse for uh, one of my cats, uh, CB Tangent. Okay. Out of Canada. Where you guys based at? In Northern California. Out in like oh, Stockton man, I love area, Northern California, yeah. brother man, that's my bread and butter, grits and cornbread. Where you, where you guys at? Like uh, between Stockton and Sacramento, Lodi. Now Stockton is my everything. I got a shout out Kirby Dominant. Okay, yeah, yep. to him. But yep. man, I spent one Thanksgiving in Stockton, and it felt like Fourth of July. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sounded, sounded like, sounded like the it. shootings. I did huh? one of my hardest performances because I'm going my rounds with him. Yeah. Right. With Kirby Dominant, man. We don't been all over the world. Japan, me, him, and Factor. And uh, he took me, you know, with some of his family. And to this day, it's like a profound honor that he did that. And, you know, he has all kind of different family. And then, you know, he has family in Stockton. And we went, like, I guess to his aunts. And she was like, um, it was like his aunt, a couple kids, and maybe an uncle. And it was the most challenging performance because I wasn't rapping, like, on my beats. But they just... Oh, let me hear a rap, baby. <laughs> so I'm rapping for her on the couch and kids, and it was like performing under a microscope. And I'm rapping my heart out while in the background I'm hearing bullet rounds and shit. But I love the Bay, man, Merced. Give it all to me, man. Give me the San Hall, give me the Sacktown, anything up Northern Cali. Um, you know, even just south of Humboldt, I love Humboldt. I mean, Ukiah, you know, all that stuff, Laytonville, uh, yeah. Eureka. But then we talk about San Fran and the Bay, San Pab. Talk about Vallejo. Talk about. I can't go to the Bay without stopping by uh, Mr. Fab Shop, the Dope Era, uh -huh. of course. Give me a T-shirt, and then uh, yeah, my money ain't good there, but you know, <laughs> he always looks out. But that's good. Hell I just yeah. got all you guys, man. Just so a rich culture in the Northern Cali of MCs and music from, I mean, Too Short through Living Legends and Souls of Mischief and. Mm -hmm. You know the cool and and the jazz that's up there. You know Brown Fellini's all kind of stuff. And man, it's just be legit. I mean the click, all of that. I mean Cam Paris. I mean just freaking way out, fucking dope MCs. Yeah, we were females, females. Man, I love y'all music uh, culture up there. Vic uh, uh, do they still have Yoshi's? Yes, sir. Yeah, yep. Out in Oakland. Yeah, I gotta get back up there and hit again. Should mm -hmm. I hit with the fellowship a couple years back? Dude. And I think they closed the Elbow Room in the bay yeah but uh no nah, i've hit in stockton tough too i've had some really good shows i actually did like a kind of hood party like a backyard kind of party in stockton one time and it was fucking plasma bam Popping anyway on. before you guys get into the full thing we're all technically connected thanks again it's an honor you know again i'm at my little studio spot that i have here off of florence crenshaw in the hood and so i just have to um Hit the bathroom real quick, and as we talk, I'm gonna roll me a little J or something. Sounds great. Yeah, like dude. Are we on play? Who, who am I with right now? Who's out here? Yo, this is I'm B Sick with uh milk crates and microphones. This is Matt right here, and then Sig. What's up, brother? All right, and I shouldn't go back over and do like a quick blast that we're on. We did a little pre promotional blitz for this, for right? For sure, oh, of yeah. course, we yes, did. Sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're chilling. Cool. So, whoever's interested, they're listening in as well. Fantastic. So, just give me maybe two minutes. Of you got hey, it, brother. Do what you got to do. We're all good. We'll hold it down out here. And I'm open. You can ask the tough questions. You can do it the way you feel. I'm just chilling. I'm going to roll me a J, drink my wine. I'm good. I'm just chilling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're all about Respect. that. We appreciate Respect. you, man. I just got to use the bathroom real quick. All right. Respect. We'll yes, see you shortly. Um, 
Mike and Nine, there you go. Always chill. And if you're always keeping it cool. And if you're here, man, you know it's here to say. That's just a little yeah. prequel to the start of it. And you know what? We're here for it. We're, we're very blessed to have Mike on uh, on this Friday. He's a very busy, very in-demand artist. So to have him here with us on a Friday night is going to be fucking awesome. Can't wait to get into this conversation. And like he said, up here in Northern California, we were very blessed to be enriched with a lot of great music. Mm-hmm. Not just hip-hop music, but all types of different genres and uh that's just living in Northern California, being next to the Bay and Sacramento. Yep. We were kind of in the crosshairs of tons of, of music, new everything. music. And mm-hmm. I, when we were younger, there wasn't the internet. I mean, the internet was there, but you weren't really on it More yet. More word of mouth. We were just anything. hearing what was locally yep. given to us. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, we got lucky, man, to be where we're at. Yeah, fucking in Northern California. But just Southern California music coming up here. Yeah. And fucking fellowship and it's Project Blood yeah. and all that shit, dude. That shit changed our lives. Every yeah. time I think of it, I always hear that one song on my head, Project Blow, Freestyle Fellowship. Yeah. You know, when he keeps talking at the end yeah. of it, the Vigil Freedom of Style. Yeah. yeah. Mike and Nine, a man who's yeah. part of Project Blow, Haiku de Tot, Freestyle Fellowship. Yeah. We'd a seen legend him. in the We'd game. seen Haiku de Tot when they dropped that album. We went and seen him, you know, and it was it was That was uh, album awesome. number two, I want to say, Coup de yeah. Teatro. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking dope as fuck, bro. Yeah. Super um, fucking tight. That Mike, Aaron, and Eddie was hard live. All that shit was super sick. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Great, great shit. So yeah. very excited to get into that and hear some of them stories. Hell yeah. <coughs> One of my favorite fucking trios of all time. How could oh, they talk? for yeah. sure. For sure. That whole album and everything, Having Ace everything and they put out. Or Ace or and fucking. AC Alone. AC Alone and fucking Abby Rude, bro. Yeah. yeah. With Micah. Shout out to Abby Rude, man. Oh, shout out for to Abby Rude. Shout out to Abby Rude for sure. Just on that Stockton Manteca note. I saw, yo, yo, yo. I saw I'm back, but not quite yet. I just want to send my girl out. Um, you ready to go back? Love you. Have a good evening. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I'm excited about this podcast. Baby, let me know. I'll let you. You got the genie? Here. We got bro. Like, ab rude, bro. I saw that man in Man Manteca at some small venue, man. I don't even know a name of that venue, but Cobalt put on that show. Cobalt oh, 45, wow. who we had on. Um, Multiple times, yeah. and yeah, Abrud put on this show as headliner. Uh, All right, hold on, guys. Man. I gotta click over real so quick and handle some business, but cool. I'm still here. All right, sounds it. good. Yeah, I remember we seen him when we went and seen uh, him perform in Sacramento, and it was fucking off the hook when we seen him, and he was out front and all that good stuff. Bro. Yeah, where did you guys see him in Sac? And he came to us and he was like, "Hey, uh, so one of his people in his group, was like, hey, you was got an extra Africa? square? Yeah, I think it was. It was yeah, yeah it, was, it was so. It was DJ Dreads. Yeah, DJ Dreads, and he came to us and it was just. So Is that when he was high. doing the codename Scorpion shit that you guys yes. were talking yeah. about? Yes. And we had no Before. idea that he did at the time yeah. was the guy who made the right? song Mike. Tyson. So who are you going out to see? Grouch and Eli. Grouch and Eli. Okay, so they were the headliners. Yeah, it was a G&E show. And Abru was with them on tour. Happened to be there. You know, one of the openers. Yeah. We heard. Not an opener, but a yeah. prequel a to, the, to the main show. mid-card man. A prequel to the main show. Yeah. And then that's what was the crazy thing. I had, I, but I remember they brought when he they brought Mike or Abby on. Yeah. And the first thing we heard was fucking... Or uh, uh, stop biting. Yup, yup, yep, yeah. That shit was hell sick. And I remember that from fucking all kinds of snowboard videos and shit. So it was just a pleasure to be there. That's a hard track, bro, for sure. Uh, yeah. Cool. The man, Hello? the Hello. myth, the legend. Yeah, man. But stop biting and produced by Rob the Viking from Small, uh, small yeah. Members. Yeah. And if you like Small Members, stick around for the outro. Uh, 
beat because that shit goes hard. Uh, yes, it does. I forgot about that until I listened back to it today. This is technically episode three of season seven. Um, yeah. Already three into it, guys. Uh, I mean, what We're do you think about right that? Along. We're moving right along. Moving yeah. right along. Moving right along. Moving That's the crazy right thing. Along. Big things uh, st- still coming. It's uh, 2022, <laughs> August. Year's no. not over yet. We got plenty to come. Plenty sure. in store. Um, so stay tuned. I want to say that. Um, hey, man, I'm kind of disappointed that Paige Van Zant, her fight got canceled tomorrow. Bro. She's too pretty to be getting hit in the face anymore. Maybe though. So. Let's be honest with each other. Maybe so. So I seen an interview with you on the, on the Jump podcast. And it, it was actually really, really good. And to tell you that to me, oh, yeah. my bad, I'm back. Yeah, you. He's back. He's back. He's but back. we got other artists. Wait, who's all in the house? Wait, y'all interviewing me and another artist? Who's all around again? Give me that roll call again. Yeah, I'm B Sick, Brandon Fry. It's your boy, Nonsense. Right on, Nonsense. Matt and J- our boy, Triple Sick. JS3. Peace, 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 my man. Yes, sir. Man, it's all love. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. We Microphone, Mike. Microphone Mike, yeah. a.k.a. Mike and Nine. Yes, sir. Yes. A living legend. Man, he hit me with the old <laughs> I know. Hey, hold on. Let me get a, Mike. Let's get a proper introduction. Yeah, hit him with the proper. Trembles through the hearts of MCs in Los Angeles in the general area back in the 80s. Fuck yeah. yeah. Let me give you a proper you know, introduction. Let's get a proper introduction wild, to start man, this off. Even just saying that to me, I mean, there's been inner whispers of, was Mike and Nine as dope as Microphone Mike? You know, the old school mm-hmm. cats, they laugh about that. Microphone Mike was mighty. He was the the, the kamikaze, tomahawk-like, Clint Eastwood, 15-year-old, uh, 16-year-old, uh, fucking Clint Eastwood, man, ready for the lyrical shootout, man. He was with all that. Because that was before I knew about song structure and and. I wasn't applying my singing qualities nothing to whatever little primal demos I did to a certain degree, but I was with that, with that, with that b-boy battling back then, man. That shit was heavy, man. It was like about that. It was about trying to get on stage and record, you know. But on stage, like you're shy, you're young, you're still kind of scared. You want to do it, but you're scared. It was wild, man. And you know, this microphone mic was uh, the dude that was um, that was the rhymosaur comparative to a dinosaur that was <laughs> man just salute that cat salute young me at that time man god is greatest but salute that dude that dude wow he was amazing was mike and nine always a name you had had in your back pocket that you're like I, I, when i get to a certain you know style of my own or when i get to a certain type of status i'm going to turn into mike and nine on these motherfuckers and they're not going to know what hit him well not quite that way but when i was young even as mike from mike I always had like affinity with the number nine but not just the multiplicative qualities more like how it resembled the Nautilus shell. Ever since I was a kid, I used to like draw circles. Like, duh, duh. like I, I was always intrigued by vortices and, and holes and and spirals and things. That was always just something visually that I was into. And then not quite that I moved in, you know, from the foster homes with my mom at nine, but that was another term. And just uh, in general, though, but it kind of morphed because I had different names like a lot of MCs did. I was MMC. I was microphone Mike, and then you might have heard me say microphone Capone yes, once, sir. twice. You might have heard Michael Troy Nine mixed the government with it, and then a uh, Micah Hakim. That's Micah when I used to spell it M I K A H and Hakim backwards uh, is Micah, and then you know different songs. But uh, by the time the '90s hit, I, I, I switched it to uh, or late '80s, I switched it to Micah Nine, and uh, there were different spellings of Micah Nine for whatever reason. But uh, the main spelling is MYKA9. But nah, when I was uh, MMC, I was like, MMC is kind of generic, microphone mic, 
which was kind of generic too at the time though it was fly mm. and uh it, it took on i remember in high school people like what's up microphone mike what's up microphone mike what's up microphone mike what's up microphone mike you because i played basketball too right and um the different high schools i went to they got in the 4a division so we're going around all the different high schools i'm battling every mc at every high school and then when i'm hanging with the mcas is ac alone and 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 teaspoon you know we're always going around to wherever the hip-hop gatherings or writers or wherever b-boying in general was and plus i was going to new york back and forth since i was 15 so i was with that b-boy culture and dealing with you know in la they're like oh you're trying to be new york like no it's a culture you know we can wear this too we can rock it like this too but yeah microphone mike you know he was definitely an animal uh among high regard hey we're Hell joined yeah. we're joined right here for- by a legend in the game Freestyle Fellowship, Project Bloat, Haiku mm-hmm. d'etat, mm-hmm. Micah 9 in the house. Hell yeah. In the Thank building. Thank you for joining us. Side projects and Hell had, yeah. Uh, Cartini's and, uh, you know, I mean, it's Jackson, things of that nature. But no, I mainly know for um, Freestyle Fellowship and Haiku d'etat, no doubt. Shout out Abstract Root. I heard you guys when I was getting ready talking about Ab. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if too many people know, but he's like all around. Speaking on Ab, and he's younger than us. But I mean, from MC, like dope MC, melodic song structure, arrangement, composition, mm. events, Hooks. business side, yeah. analytics. He's a numbers man, and he has been one of my staunchest supporters, even though he has his own artists, you know, ensemble that he's promoting and campaigning. I mean, like on my birthday, whenever I want to throw like a big birthday show, like I always go to AB or when we're doing our Project Blow. Reunion, if it's not Jay Smooth or AC, it's Ab, and, and Ab has been like a pillar in our in our community. And I don't know if that's been mentioned enough, you know, mm-hmm. in the greater hip hop underground hip hop. Um, He's definitely Panthea a smooth operator. Ab is the shit. Yeah. yeah, we talk about it a lot on this podcast, especially being from California and being lucky enough to hear a lot of the Southern California music. Um, honestly, I, I think hearing Abstract Rude was like what brought me into hearing a lot of the other Southern California, you know, key, it, that, you listen to Ab Rude and then you kind of, you kind of fall down that thing. Life. Cause he's very thorough for sure, by the way, but there was a time in my life when my mama died, you know, almost 20 years ago, um, where he was making sure that I wasn't going to wallow in depression. Cause I, I normally suffer from depression, like clinical, whatever. But, um, I remember he was on my head and that is how the album gramophone came about. Mm-hmm even though it took another good 10 plus years for it to actually materialize. Uh, he was a catalyst in that conceptually and everything. And uh, with before uh, Haiku d'Etat, even post Haiku d'Etat, we have a project and a, and a, a pseudo group called uh, AM Radio. Yes. And I don't know if you guys are heard the AM have, Radio, but yeah, we, we have, have some jams on that. Yes, sir. We have. Love that duo. And just shout out Keep the Feel and shout out Mood Pieces and all things Ab and Mass Men, which includes uh, A Wall and, yep. and a variety of uh, DJ Fat Jack, uh, Zulu, Irie. Um, Mass Men was huge. Exhibit was part of Mass Men. Wow. That was their their crew because we had different group crews. Also, um, a few other cats, man, Tony touching them. But uh, Mass Men was amazing. And uh, through the years, we've all played a part in educating and, and learning from each other, man. It's amazing. Ab. One of my favorite projects, he's got a couple. I like Mood Pieces, I like, um, but Think Tank is to me like a seminal project that was like borderline quintessential for him. And he, you know, he expressed a wide range and his vocal leads on that album. And I 
truly appreciate it. So if you guys aren't here, check out Think Tank by Abstract Rude. Definitely. Well, something that's hard too. Oh, paint was that album. Oh, that whole super album. good. You know, songs good. like yeah. "Yep," songs oh. like "Enough Fire," and not to mention even the joint that he did with uh, Rhyme Sayers. And I'm on that media and mm-hmm. some other joints. Rejuvenation. He did major tunes, man. Major, major tunes. Yeah. And when whenever we, we tour, he's always cool to tour with because he's so pro, right? Like you know, routing. He might even plan tours for us and pull rabbits out the hat. And one more salute to Ab and Roses. There's times when it's like he would teach me shit, even though he's younger. He'd be like, you want to meet the sound man before you meet the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just way pro with our shit. And we've had major shows, tours in Europe all around and shit. And, you know, he's consummate professional. That's one thing I give out. You yeah. know? And, and he always flows. I don't think I've ever seen his voice give out on tour or, or anything. And touring can be stressful, but for the most part, you know, we've all maintained a cool, even some of the most grueling circumstances. So, he definitely and, and now that I'm what, 53, and I know Ab is pushing 50, mm-hmm. but he's still like in his young mid uh, 40s. It was amazing that he was like 14, 15 years old, hanging out with us in good life and just crazy. absorbing and being the historian that he is of our vibe. So that was something that I was going to bring up is the, the one of the consistence that we see uh, through that community, through the underground hip hop community and in Southern California, L.A. area is you guys are all really good um, influences and you help. You're not afraid to bring MCs under your wing and show them show them the way and show them like, you know, how you guys did things. And Indeed, because when we were young, we didn't have too many elder MCs, that's period. Gonna, that's so what I was going to ask. Ever yeah. won, and the ones that were older and on. They were either on and I dare say threatened, but just the the scratch my back or scratch yours, the, the each one teach one wasn't really in full effect. Mm. It was more adversarial to a sense. When I was young, I was trying to battle who was on, oh. battle IC, battle LL, battle run DC. But there were older cats too that were on, like Easy in and they let me write um, for that first NWA album for um, uh, some groups, and Dre was open. And, you know, and when you're young, you don't necessarily listen. Older people did through the years, John Bukowski and other producers I knew that taught me song structure, taught me um, how to record actually and multi-track layering, things of that nature. But when it came to like an older person bringing you in or somebody established, things were more clicky. So I made it a point to set a standard early on to help upcoming rappers, you know. And I kind of likened it with the logic I had where it was like dance hall DJs and them that do a big hit. They call it a duck plate, where you can hire, you know, Shaba, hire Papa San, hire someone. And what they would do for your sound set, if you call yourself a DJ or having a sound system, you pay them 500, pay them 5,000, whatever they charge. And they do their famous song, but they redo it. And they mention you in the sound of the, mention you in the vocals or your sound system. Call it a duck plate. I don't know, a lot of hip hop people don't know duck plate and they make a record press and whatever. So that was one aspect of what we call features, but not quite a feature, it's a dub play. So I just want to take a step further. And even when I was younger, like get on the feature game because I wasn't on with that merch game. Like if you cite a crew, let's say like, I love my guys in the Bay, uh, Souls. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell me there was a, wasn't a period where that T-shirt with the three eyes everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. So you got walking yeah. billboards. Yeah. yeah. So even though my merch didn't fly, I thought, well, an aspect of maybe my audio walking billboard would be doing a mass amount of features, and I got cr- critiqued for that because they're like, "Oh, you're bringing a brand down, or you know, you're making yourself too available." But you know, I'm family man; I got bills to pay, 
and I'm getting coin and I, I like to create. I don't want to just do 10 to 20 songs and mix master that as a project and not do anything and fiddle my thumbs. You know, I like working with people and up and coming artists because a lot of people didn't fuck with up and coming artists in the 80s. And in the 90s, it started to bubble a little bit more. However, um, from 2000 on, I thought it was very important to keep that alive. And obviously, I knew that maybe I might add a little production value to a track, but it depends on if they put it out, what machine they use, or if they're just keeping it like a Picasso, mm. you dig. But nonetheless, I, I think, um, but anyway, I, I'm just saying, you know, so far as features and, and helping up and coming artists, that was very important, even with our workshops, because I knew as a young person, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't feel like playing basketball. I just feel like rapping and freestyling. I don't even need a beat. I could beat on the wall. Somebody could beatbox. So help n nourish and further that pastime outside of the black community to other people around the world, even where without even having a bus of written rhyme or whatever, freestyling that therapeutic language became, in my opinion, a pastime without a basketball court or even a ball. It's extremely smart. Extremely smart of you to work with everybody and not be real biased because you never know one day when that guy might blow up and be like, you know what, Mike and I's always had my back since day one. And then, then, then again, up, you're set up again. Chance, if I may, because there were bigger artists, and I know how bigger artists are, you know, careers eclipse themselves where they're like, people can pay me to be on it. I'll do a video or whatever, but I know the bigger artists, like Snoop will say, he'll be like, but I'd rather somebody like Raekwon would say, you know, let niggas shine on their own shit and, you know, boss themselves up then. You know, I'll give them a stamp or do a cameo or cut collab because it's important that people know that within themselves, not to stretch into Gnostic or any kind of, you know, but it's important that people know within themselves not to, without first exhausting the wherewithal within oneself and then within one's skill. Because I know a lot of artists that are big names and had their big waves that were like nobody knew who they were. Mm. Nobody. And I watched their dream and then work on their dream and, and do smart moves, this and that, to rise all the way up to an A-list status or a renowned MC legacy status. And and I, I got a lot of stories of a variety of different people and connections. I decided to keep it more underground because I like the creative freedom. I tried independent. I tried major. Went back to independent. I've been independent. I haven't had a manager. I mean, shout out Kedar Masterberg. I love him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, he taught me a lot back in 93, 94. But I haven't had a manager since, like, 94 or anything. I haven't had a major record deal since early 90s. However, I've been able to, you know, with the advent of technology, record. You know, sonics can vary depending on who I'm working with. But that creative freedom, I, would, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to still make a living and do what I love. When, when you were recording that first album with Freestyle Fellowship, To Whom It May Concern, what was that, what was that uh, energy like in that, in that studio, man? And when did you guys... That's amazing you would say that, because how it worked. I heard about the project come together, and soon be in his apartment, that's where it was happening. He had a four-track. And I heard some of the songs people were doing already, so I already knew the level. And I had ideas, and I came with an arm full of records. And Jay Sumbi, he's a DJ, too, and a producer, and he was so dope. He laced up everything the way I liked it and added some his flavor. And then he finished it. He'd be like, okay, let me finish it. And he finished it, and I was like, oh, I love how you blended it. I have my lyrics, and you're young, you're hungry. I didn't know that I was compiling full songs, because I have to admit, some of the songs were different pages. 
I was just trying to flex and keep a semblance of what a song subject was about. And then I listened through the years, decades later, I'm like, wow, it, it had cohesion. The energy was such that he wanted each person to go, if I can recall, by themselves so he could just have focus. Because a lot of times back then, it'd be people there, smoke weed, this, that. Mm-hmm. But then once I showed up with my two songs, because everybody was doing two songs for the most part, um, uh, uh, AC did, uh, uh, you know, Happy Birthday to Me and Fantasy. Uh, Juke did, I think, one of his first recordings, which was, um, you know, the song he did during, 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 during Peace, did two songs. And uh, I did my two, which was Five O'Clock Follies and and Seven Seal. And I realized now through the years, I stretched out on both of those those tunes, you dig? And so what was interesting, when you talk about the energy, I'll mention that first. Once we had most of our songs, we did skits like Off the Ledge. And that's when everyone was in the room, even people that weren't like having songs on the project, Akili or, or even my ex-girlfriend at the time, uh, Lorez, she said psych or, or something. But we were able to do group things at that point because the group was starting to consolidate even before it became a full group. Again, it was compilation. Freestyle Fellowship, it went on a tangent. So I remember one time everyone was there and we were like, off the ledge, off the ledge. And then we we wrote uh, Tolerate. And I said, why don't we do it on a different time signature? Like flip Run DMC shit, but just make it like on three or six, eight beat, something different. So the first version of Tolerate, which is me, and the fellowship members rapping in unison at the same time with a political statement and chopping at the same time, which was dope. So that was kind of energy, the camaraderie of us young going for it as independents because some of us would send a demo or two to a major or not, but they weren't hearing it. And I don't know if it was Sonics or just the way we rapped our style. We were like, fuck that shit. And then I had already had a single deal with Arista and stuff. And I had already dealt with producers that wanted to kind of soft wash my approach you know which was kind of cool because i opened up to my singing and other things but i wasn't really getting my lyrical nut off until i started fucking with good life and we did the freestyle fellowship shit because that um i recorded with mc aces and my bro pun you know rapping in headphones or beating on walls or mm-hmm. I did a couple records too um i did something for jesse jackson when he ran for president back in the 80s, but stuff that was always in conglomeration with other MCs and, and, you know, a lot of constraints. That was the first time I ever put out something that I know was what I wanted to sample, what I wanted to rap on and do. And even to this day, when I listen to it, when I get to the end of Five O'Clock Follies, I'm like, whoa, you were whistling and matching your whistle flow and, you know, harmonic and chopping and destroying it like in 89, because I recorded almost 89, 90. And it came out once they compiled it in ni- late 1991. And who cares? You know, people always want to date shit, date and put the uh, little extra two on the 10. Nah, it is factually. I remember when I did that, I did a remix for the Whalers uh, called A Friend. I did um, the Carmen Carter song of Arista. So, you know, it's a little baby wave. But the energy at that apartment with Sumi was incredible. And the beauty was this. We're working on it, right? He's working on a four track. Now I hear a four track and eight track cassette tapes and that technology because a lot of great punk, well, God is grace, a lot of good punk rock records were recorded mm. on four track. So when we were in the process of bouncing tracks on the four track, he put the quarter inch halfway in accidentally in the four track and it created a MIDI feedback buzz. Not even MIDI, but like a feedback. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And all it played was the motherfucking bass, but it was Southern. <laughs> so we're not in no big ass studio, no SSL, no need boards, no flying faders, no automation. But all of a sudden we're hearing this motherfucking feedback. And he's like, I, I, I push it all the way in, you know, cause I'm helping him with the buttons. And I'm like, no, nah, hold on. Sumi decided to use that feedback and figured out a way to make that a track. <laughs> so out of all the underground hip hop tapes that were happening at that moment, we were the only ones that had the super sub bass mm-hmm. and panned it a little bit. Man, I'm trying to tell you that made the difference in our tape. He went back and remixed everything and pulled out that quarter inch on the last track of that four track so you could just get that bass filtered it, get that bass feedback for the low end. Woo! Woo! <laughs> That's why when you hear Sumi shit, it definitely bumped. Legal Alien, all that shit with his mock New York accent. Man. Damn that! The, just the little secret touches like that, right there. We was East Coast, West Coast, man. We was like the what they thought gangster rap and dance rap, or or, or player rap. We're like, no, we have you know avant garde rap artists out here too. Yeah, go ahead. Artists and poets out here. So you've been in the game for almost, I mean, four decades now. Oh, yeah, uh, doing make put, well, putting out records. I put out records. My first records were in the eighties. Yeah, and, and collaborations. I even did a record with the MC Aces, which was me, AC Alone, and Teaspoon called throwing down and some other stuff with target records and uh i can't remember but yeah man so far as in the game i would say yeah i had first little deals and shit and making it happen in the 80s on through but fucking with rap yeah thank you not a, and there's not a lot of uh rappers or mcs that can say that they've are still putting out music for decades into the whole game what are uh some of the keys to your longevity how have you stayed in the game and obviously you've traveled you're one of the more more busy mcs too you're putting out music constantly doing features like you talk about traveling how uh how, what's your what's your secret to this longevity and how you still doing it because you're still putting out great music hold on man i gotta fuck you up I'm like, I'm ready for the tough questions. That's not a controversial question. You want to preface it with that. That's a tough question. Okay. <laughs> because I, I don't want to have like a rehearsed yeah. answer. Cause you know, I've been asked questions before. Not so often do I get that. So I'm going to mix with what I was thinking I was going to say with now where I'm at. Okay. The first thing I want to say was, uh, doing it different every time, trying to do it different. But I had the wherewithal when I was young. I want to do this for the rest of my life, so I don't want to burn out on it. Mm. It wasn't monotonous when I was young, but I would curb my recording and styles. Mm. And that would help me reapproach ciphers and the homies and demos with different styles. That needed to nurture in my career, like in my wherewithal. To where now I realize, okay, I knew what I was doing before I knew I was doing it. The longevity came from number one, being a kid, doing it naturally as an artist, and realizing you got that. Parents were jazz musicians. I fell in love with hip hop late seventies, eighties, when people were reciting Dolomite rhymes. I was reciting my own rhymes, or you know, I got hip to King Tim the Third because I liked pop lock when I was young and there was a song called Fatback by Fatback called Looking for That Good Stuff. (laughs) Tighten up on your backstroke, but on the flip, it's a disco funk track with King Tim the Third rapping on it. And then I remember when Tina Marie, you know, did Square Biz. I remember when Deborah Harry did Rhapsody. I remember hearing Sugar Hill and all of that. I wanted to know those lyrics, but I knew then by perfunctory of me knowing the lyrics, karaoke before I I'm doing it. 
and I was singing the church and choir, things like that. So I kind of was going to develop my voice. And then uh, started rapping, like, I guess in the sixth grade, 12, 12 years old, uh, mandatory busing, back of the bus, just to entertain people on bus every day. I had a different rap after a while, right? And I started freestyling, you know, when I ran out of lyrics. Didn't know it was freestyling it. Just had a knack for it, right? And so on through the years, knowing, I, okay, this is a calling. I want to do this. Even though I did all kind of jobs and all kind of work, I always kept in mind, okay, if I'm going to do it, or since I'm doing it, I didn't want to do it so much where I burn out on it because I was already starting to see burnout with people that didn't make it or or they were shy or just weren't dope or didn't approach it as an art. And then on through the years, not to mention just taking a step away from it, I played sports, all kind of things. But whenever I approached it, I noticed I would approach my writing or my craft, I'm talking about 12, 14, 15, slightly different. There's growth. You know, I started chop rhyming like, 16, 17, and around that time, people thought it was whack, but I noticed those were MCs saying it, whereas the crowd would love it. It gained, it gained like what we call now a blow up, that tension release, like the rapper slowed in. Bang! The crowd was like, ah, so I'm serving people all kinds of different ways, depending on how I feel. So I'm learning the dynamics and what range I had, limited range at that time. So as I'm writing and recording on through the years, doing songs, what made me want to keep doing it was what life I lived to bring something back to the room. I was already seasoned with studio work and multi-tracking by, you know, late 80s, 90s. And the Barry Gordy style of ABABA song arrangement composition. You know, I kind of knew that. So I was already trying to skew it and as well as help promote hip hop in general because I'm on the West Coast. So people are like, oh, you're trying to be New York. No, it's culture. You know, I do a lot of that and the style. So what made me really keep doing it without it burning out on me because I do remember, I think one time, not too long ago, maybe 10 years ago, I was like, man, I'm tired of this shit. I was just hard timing. I didn't know that when you hard time, you block abundance. So I don't hard time even when things are hard. And I remember a lot of them students going, well, man, you did your thing. You did your thing. I was like, fuck that shit. You're not going to relegate me to the old guard. And that gave me more spice. But on through the years, but as of late, the last 10, 13, 15 years, shit to make a motherfucking living. Because it's interesting. Now it's coming to me. Sorry, I'm thinking a little slow. I remember I'm working, I'm hustling, I'm doing all kinds of shit. I said, what do you really love? So I said, I'm stop hustling, stop working. I'm gonna put my all into this independent rap, get down and you know, what they call it, a self-contractor, whatever the fuck how the business model was. I said, I'm gonna do it like a flip, you know, flip your merch, flip your songs, features, shows, go for it. And I said, I'm gonna seek a swim by this. In other words, I'm going to force myself to make a living by this and pay the dues that were necessary on my own. And unbeknownst to I, some of my other crew members were doing that too. It created a beltway of touring and shows through down South, East Coast, Midwest, and especially our West Coast region. And I think back then it might've been two megs, AC, uh, bus drivers, some people, but they were like, nigga, just get some merch and we'll sell your merch, mm. you know? But after a while, I was like, well, fuck that. I want to perform too. Because I would do my own little shows and tours on my own. I'm like, no, nah, fuck that. And then calling promoters and, and doing a logistics. They're like, yeah, we just had Ace. We'd love to have you, you know? We just had, you know, and so Project Blow, Good Life, they and the K, well, these cats may not have hella big, you know, platinum names, but they tear the house down. And so with that, that's what I was getting into as well, which let my fellow artists, because it took the fellow artists to keep you in the game too. They didn't want you to go, because we made a promise never to fall the fuck off, which meant ultimately never to be whack or water down your shit or stop rapping. I remember Too Short, one of his songs, just don't stop rapping, don't stop rapping. So that's working in my head. Then when I'm realizing, okay, 
after the uh the major record deals i was like well, okay you didn't compromise your creative standards however many quirky songs i might say i did but when you face the music you go back and listen in the bright moments and it's those bright moments when you don't listen to your joints that objective clarity that gives a little you know boost in your in your thing when people are coming to you like yo i like your shit different countries name my kid after you i was in dark place went to kill myself i heard one of your songs man and, and it brought me out of a dark place then you realize okay you're doing philanthropy you're doing some other so there's a, an obligation of duty you know but creatively doing different styles and different approaches writing a rhyme from the bottom of the page up nobody knows that reciting it from the bottom right reading backwards you know i've done songs like that or just using buzzwords and freestyling then going back and writing it if they request the lyric uh print or freestyling in general or scatting then going back and transcribing or just different aspects of the approach and keeping in mind having a, a wider spectrum of range was something that has always kept me going as well as uh gaslights phone ring cable car note insurance uh family uh yeah. hey <laughs> get your coin do you still freestyle like regularly to stay sharp or do you feel like eh, i only i don't really feel like getting in the you know kind of messing around like that anymore because i heard you mention those what you do is you you don't rest on your laurels in my case prime creator is greatest source but you do it not to stay sharp especially by yourself you do it to know if you're sharp uh, and yeah. you flow for a second naturally because every time I'm driving or anywhere I'm at, anything is a metaphorical simile analogy, you know, a potential punchline or battle rhyme or hotline or punchline, whatever. You know, in words vernacular, I've been studying words and stuff since I was like teenager and in twenties and thirties. Word banks, I read uh, different dictionaries and, and a lot of books. I read stuff. So where these words start coming, I notice like I understand either the connotation or the actual definition of a word just naturally because of those early studies. And, oh, my bad. Is that me or you? No, that's, a, that's me. That's me. My bad. So uh, what was the question again? Sorry, I lost track. Just is it, do you find yourself hard to stay, you know, in pace with this freestyling lately? And do you still keep up with it? Oh, no, it? no. I freestyle naturally. Like yeah. I might be in the shower. Yeah. I might just be not, not out of nowhere in my head. It might be going down or I might just start rhyming, you know, just to warm up. But What's interesting as of late, like I busted a, a, a fucking dope ass freestyle yesterday morning, right? <laughs> and sometimes I do like four or five bars, eight bars. But I like just kept rhyming, and I had to stop myself. I was like, you're getting in one of those spasms because when I was younger, I was getting spasms. I was rhyming by myself and sweating <laughs> and challenging myself because sometimes I'm able to listen objectively because I miss deciphers and workshops I used to have with fellow MCs and, and peers and things of that nature. So. These days, you bust just makes you sharp, and you. I have a personal way where I limit myself. No bridge words, no words you already know that work. No syllables, no pausing to wait and let yourself think. Letting it continue to be that spontaneous channel, but not so much with the wild style of saying whatever you want with a subject matter in mind or a connector, and then I'll stop because I'll be like, "No, you're gonna end up rapping all day and not getting your shit done." <laughs> just standing there rhyming like in a in a, in a trance, but. It's cool to just know, okay, still sharp, you know, still sharp, not even like handicapping yourself, like just, oh, okay, you still have it, like in a real tight way where it's like, wow. And that's different than when you're personal, when you're by yourself. I'm so glad you asked my question because no one has ever really asked my question and I haven't answered it this way, where it's like your personal best 
is always different than whatever impact you may or may not have. And you cheat yourself if you rest on your laurels. If you know you didn't do professional best, but you got it off, people are cool, cool. Because sometimes them bomb shows, like really good shows, where I missed lyrics or flubbed a lyric or two and, and felt like, but in the overall, you got to appreciate yourself without resting on your laurels. So yeah, man. That that be I do it to see if I'm sharp. I'm still sharp. Nice. I'm talking about not just can you make words rhyme or use the language of rhyme, but no real like punchlines, connectors, potent shit. And uh, that's just the other day. I was like, oh, oh, you still shower rhyme? Oh, you still get it in? Okay. <laughs> then the, the, the worst is, damn, I wish I would have wrote that down or recorded oh, it. Oh <laughs> yeah. That being said, how did the whole G4 thing come about with you going on there and totally just tearing down the house, man? Like like you're saying, your rhymes, you start off real slow, segmented, and just build up and Look, build up and build G4? in and out. Oh, yeah. Freestyle 101. Your freestyle 101 on G4. Oh, G4. I remember they said you had to be there at 730 in the morning or something. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm wearing a denim gi that I got from when I went to Japan and I knew a lot of fighters, Daisuke, Pride Fighters. Like, I know Herb Dean and them. Like, the fighters, uh, I know, like, the Gracies. And they used to listen to my shit and help them with their combinations and shit. Like, you know, they were fans of me. And I thought it was weird. People in Brazil, fuck with Mike and Hines. Wow. But um, Royce Gracie, not Royce. Royce, they pronounce with H. So I'm wearing this gi, and I'm riding there. And I already heard about it. It's like freestyle. So I'm like, okay, freestyle, but I know. You want to kind of have something on your mind. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I have nothing. I don't do that written, memorized shit and try to play it like a freestyle or act like I'm guessing it when it's really pre-written and pre-routed. I just remember I was in, a, I think I caught like a cab to where they were at. And I'm listening to the radio and they're talking about whatever they're talking about. And I'm nervous. I'm like tired. I'm like, what the fuck I'm going to do? So I just went in there and just started flowing. But what I remember from the moment I woke up, to whatever I heard on the radio to once I'm there. And I didn't know what kind of beat they were giving me. I mean, thank you guys, G4, for the opportunity. I didn't like the beat. But I was just <laughs> kind of flowing. And I remember I was talking about, they were saying something about a Miss America that had fell or something when she was getting her award or some dumb shit. I don't know why that popped in my head. Mm -hmm. and I remember saying something about early when my girl calls because I was thinking about the last cypher I had a couple nights before and we blowing up and motherfucker left the cypher because this girl was calling him on the phone. Damn. And I never explained it. And then I kind of went off and went to some other little ethereal, whatever I was doing, rapid fire, choppy. But I had a bob, I think. Like, I didn't get a haircut. Like, I, that was just a weird look. <laughs> that was like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, a long time ago. Huh? Yeah, it. it holds weight still. Definitely holds weight. It holds weight. It holds the, fucking sure. the beat's fucking crazy for sure. Oh, no, I remember before. Let me show you how it's done. In the back of my mind, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where am I going to go so with this one? it was definitely free and open. I had no like preconceived nothing. It sounded like, real, real free, yeah. for sure. It didn't sound pre-rehearsed or nothing. Like it sounded connected. real free. But plus, there were no other MCs in the area. I was in Cypher. Like, so I was like, I could do what I want to do. And they were treating me nice. How many songs would you say you've written uh, within your four-decade career, written man? Written and freestyled and no, written and, and features. Me and Ab started counting a few years ago. It was like 700, but when I really thought Jesus. about it, there's a lot of features and stuff done. Just may or may not come out. I don't know what concept. I just know it's 900 plus. I don't think it's quite a thousand, but it's 900 plus. A wide so catalog. Way recordings, where features and stuff we think is coming out didn't. Written rhymes, etc. 
And you'd be surprised. A lot of MCs have a lot of shit out there, too. I'm not the only one. Like, I remember, I'm going to shout out Mega Abuse. He did a song a day for a year. So that's 365 songs then. But also, I'm talking about what's released and what's out there alone. It's well into the hundreds. And what's interesting for me, what I get a personal joy from now, having so many songs, is having the objective clarity to listen to your shit. Because most of the time, I, I try to use different styles or a variety of different styles and approaches not just one monotone voice or tone or pitch or one stop. So I'm listening back. I'm like, I can listen back like it's not me. And I'm listening critically. Like I listen to songs that may or may not be on my personal favorite or playlist that I did. Cause you know, I, I'm not like a hella narcissist like that. I don't, I don't get off on uh, 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 listening to myself. Yeah. But when I'm like, oh, I did that? When did I do that? Like, I might be in Hawaii and somebody be like, yo, I like this feature. And I'll play it. And I'm like, I don't remember doing it. But I start digging That's in. crazy. I'm like, oh, okay. And somewhere in the middle, I'm like, oh, it's the little razzle-dazzle. Ah! <laughs> like, damn, you know, keeping that integrity, you know. And and that is what I enjoy now. I've had so, such a, 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 I don't know how to put it, a wide body, a, a catalog, whatever. Uh, to be able to listen to different songs and especially when I go on YouTube, because, you know, you don't know what's posted or whatever. You know, I don't really have a channel, nothing, but like the different spellings of the name, of my name, too. And I'll be like, oh, wow, I haven't heard this in 20 years. Wow, I did that. Wow. Mm -hmm. The beat might have been quirky or it might have been dope, but it, it brings me such pleasure and joy. Even when it's a tune that I'm thinking, OK, I didn't like it, you know, face the music. But I'm like, wait a minute. And, and, and it's just really tripping. And the place when you listen back to those songs are like audio snapshots in your life. And it changes my cellular structure. It takes me back in time. I actually time travel and I can smell the smells and see the colors and where I was exactly. at when I wow. listen to certain songs and moods and sessions. And I send love right now to everyone I've ever worked with. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing about it music. Hell yeah, music time in, machine. Music in general, a time machine, take you back to to where you first heard the song or... But bro, I'm telling you, a lot of ways, they'll yeah. keep playing this shit over and over, which is good, you know, for rehearsal and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some artists, they jock themselves, or they be like, oh, listen to my shit, you know, whenever people are still... I'm talking about just, I'll do years, I'll be humble, don't... Sometimes I overplay. I, I've got to shout out L.A. Cool. He'll be like, oh, it's a Michael mm -hmm. Liston session. No, I just want you to play once. He's <laughs> like... But he'll be like, why we got to play it again? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. to listen to yourself and have some sort of objective ability to listen like it's not you. I don't know what you're talking about, but that's dope. And and, and a side note, I always herald, whether pop star or underground, those artists that either make their own beats or put together the beats they like and rap on it. It's like rapping in a mirror. The cohesion. I really like cohesion. I don't like over cohesion because it doesn't come outstanding. And that's what I've been working on the last five or 10 years. Make sure you're not so in the music and so connected where you're not outstanding with the pop out moments. You know, you have to have dynamics. Yeah. But in general, thank you for asking that question. It's nothing in the world like knowing you did a lot of songs and features and verses here and there, wherever. And like, I can sit down some days and I can wake up in the morning and go, okay, I'm gonna listen to my shit, review material, because that would pump me up to do a feature, like kind of remember where I was at or what I was doing, whether it's on YouTube or my iTunes or whatever. But then it's like, damn, I forgot I did that. I forgot I did that. Oh, that's just dope, especially when they're dope. Because after a while I stopped, you know, like compiling what I would favor. I just 
anyway, but thank you for asking that question. Yeah. Do you ever recall a time where you would make something and you're like, I don't think this is very good at all. You personally make it, you're like, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, what I think it's going to be. And it ends up just being amazing. Do you have like a personal song yeah, in the back of your head that you just know? Ways. One, I've done it and I've been in sessions like that. I don't necessarily have to say the names of the projects, arguing with artists, this and that. But then later, they're hearing something you did that they know is groundbreaking and more forward moving than you're feeling. I mean, I can go, you know, different group projects, things. But let me make sure that I got it right. Oh, yeah. So, and there's another sub. Well, first of all, like, uh, nah, nah, not getting it because I'm learning. And then you go back later and realize, oh, wow, you're rapping on a different time signature or you're stretching out more. And, you know, there's an aesthetic that can be applied, not music, but you might be in a different scenario and be like, wow, this song fits this scenario. Here's an example. And then and, and quite different, but similar is when you do a tune and you did your thing on it, but it may not be one of your favorites, not perfunctory, but you're serving the tune and the vibe. But then you go back later and be like, wait, this is dope. Like I have a song, for example, I did with Factor about To The Sky. Hmm. And I love it, it's a cool song, but not necessarily one of my favorites. I remember mm -hmm. we used to perform it, whatever. But I memorized it, but now I kind of forgot it. But then I started listening to it lately, and I noticed a lot of people been requesting it in Europe. And I listened to it, and I forgot in the middle. I'm doing some... You know, like a disco throwback. Like, I was like, oh, this is dope. But here's an example. Doing a song, uh, never no slackness, because a lot of times the challenge would be, no name artist beats somewhat. What can you bring to the table to uplift it rather than just your name being the stamp and the production value? That was a personal challenge. Thank you for asking that. Then on the flip, I've done certain songs. And I don't know where I get this meter from, where the first song, for example, I did with Factor, I go, song called Smokey. I go, I wonder if this feature turns into a lifelong friendship, tours, videos, and many projects to boot. And it did. Mm, wow. Me and him have done over 50 plus songs and have toured, you know, East Coast, West Coast, uh, fucking um, Japan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Canada. Uh, oh, yeah. Can yeah, exactly. They let me in Canada finally. <laughs> um, speaking of Canada, I got a shout out to everybody in Canada from Dylan, Mickey, uh, Ultra Magnus, uh, Factor. I saw Chesky not too long ago up there, Gripsky, Timor, Mad fucking crew up there, man. I love Canada. Crazy Canada, man. Yeah. T Dot all the way around. Uh, my guy uh, Mocha had a good tour of Mocha. Mocha only is so dope. Uh, yeah, man, to like know, because even then, when you don't feel like rhyming or you're tired, but you want to get something done for somebody, I always take a step back and be like, nah, if you're not putting love into it, don't do it. So sometimes I might have a turnaround in a couple hours on the feature. Sometimes it might take a couple weeks, maybe even a month if I'm touring in between. But I make sure I'm putting love into it and getting the love back before I do it because I can't do it without putting love into it. It's like I listen to it later and be like, nah, no slackness. And I end up redoing it anyway. So, you know, because most of the cases these days, if I'm not going to a studio for someone to push the buttons, I'm in my home studio spot where I'm at now. Not my home studio spot. I live in the Merck, but I spend a lot of time here to wrap out the box, so to speak. But I make sure that it's thorough, whether it's one or two tracks or sometimes, I don't know if you guys are familiar with my material, I'll do like, you know, harmonies and ooze and odds and mm -hmm. multi-track and, and the sonics are important regardless of what kind of quality mic or preamp I'm using. 
But yeah, I push buttons on my own and whatnot and uh, copy paste, just that. So it's important, even if it's a lackluster track for me to decide, okay, can you guys send another track? Or I'll bust on it and then they'll do a remix anyway. And just a tangent, if you're gonna remix my shit, at least make sure you got music in your head and don't change the pitch. I can't stand a remix where I wrote to a track in a certain harmonic pitch or key and they come with a badass beat, but my vocals are not in key. And I don't know, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. But nonetheless, in answer to your question, sometimes I'll hear a track or hear an approach, I'm like, hmm, is it whack or is it a challenge? And most of the time it's like, no, it's a challenge. It's not in your comfort zone. Get out your comfort zone. And that's when I might even match the cadence, even if it's an MC with an amateurish approach because the amateurish approach is still quality and the degree of difficulty and angular, you know, like people might not, I mean, people hear it, let's say, I don't, for A-lister, rest in peace, Tupac, but he had many styles. I, I used to rap with him, like, you know, whatever, catch him in the convention. But if you go ahead without singing it, like you love his songs and you're in the club with girls, but like really analyze it, his phrasing and spacing was very unpredictable and unique in between the micro breaths of rhymes. Try memorizing a keep your head up. There's, you know, it's a challenge. I think he did like three, four verses on that. You know, like you gotta, it's just a thing about the amateurish approach, which also in answer to your other question, kept me going and entices me lyrically. And that's when I started even matching patterns of amateurish MCs because Who's to say who's amateurish? They just have their own approach, their own space and their phrase. You and uh, bus driver. I gotta refresh my wine. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. Maybe for sure. We'll, we'll say. You guys are asking some fucking tough ass questions. <laughs> I'm not fanning. We're hitting you with I'm the hard ones. I'm telling you, because I'm thinking, are oh, they gonna ask me about of uh, the rap beefs or, or the streets <laughs> yep. or you got shot in the head? No, you guys are asking me the, yeah. the tough. Technical, we want to know about questions. the music, baby. I had a feeling yeah. this was going to be a good interview. I don't top. know how long we're slated because I think we were like thirty to yeah. an hour. But we are. Let me know if I'm getting um, verbose. No, me, uh, as much time as you have, we'll take. Give me a second. Thank you. Give me a second. Give me a second. Hold on. It's amazing. Uh, he's worked with like Factor for uh, over a oh, decade. Right over a decade. Just coming from my phone. Yeah. I didn't put you guys on the Bluetooth. Yeah. But I'm just gonna go ahead. Dude, you, you and you and Buster. Are you guys, do you guys smoke weed? Oh, yeah, for sure. We're smoking weed as we go. Wait, wait, wait. Before you blaze it, well, I got to run. I'm going to break it down. I'm not the good multitask, Jackson. But I'm going to break down some yeah, weed. We'll, they we'll, hit me up with some good drugs. We'll try to vamp when you go. Yeah, there's no rush. No I'm rush. I'm having a good conversation with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yo, thank you for coming. Yo, my man, you've, uh, you know. Is you, it hot up there like it is down here? Fucking so hot. <laughs> 105. 105. It's so hot down here. And I don't AC, I just got fans, but <laughs> I noticed when I let the room get a little hot, it makes me want to record more. It reminds me of the yeah. ciphers when you had your staunch supporters in the room, Blazing L's and Hennessy, you know, and the room gets hot, make you want to work and equipment, you know, hot. So I, I kind of manufacture my own heat so I can just reminisce on that because the pandemic kind of changed things up a little bit oh, as yeah. well as our brand of hip hop and those that hold it dear. We got obligations, so we can't just hang out and party in the studio all night like we used to. But nah, we got to do it virtually now. He's still active. <laughs> hey, you guys are up in age. You guys are like in your 30s yet? 30s? Yeah. yeah, late 30s. 35. Yeah. I love you guys, man. You guys, I'm not, not to make a broad stroke, mm. but from 
I'm noticing that there's even another hip hop renaissance, even like in the early 20s and late 20s and 30s, man. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I can cite, uh, what's it, Costa Contra, different people that like throw back in or Ultra Magnus, like super chopping and, and just the way some of these artists are making a fusion of the elements of our wide diaspora of hip hop is mm. always amazing, even into dance hall and RB. Go ahead. For sure. Talk a I'm little... breaking the weed down and it smells good. I didn't try it. What's this called? Cheesecake. <laughs> Talk a little bit about Bus Driver, my man. Uh, how long have you known Bus Driver for? You two have, you know, some of the craziest I've freestyles. I've known Bus Driver for many years. I'm thinking it goes from the good life. And I think that he was a youngin' too, like similar to, to Mr. CR and similar to Abstract, where he was like 14, 15. And uh, he was excellent when I first saw him flow. And he's always been excellent. I'm always like, I just want to hear more of his flow with his speaking voice. He has a deep speaking voice, but his mm -hmm. his art acts, his rap acts has a higher nasal thing for him to get his lyrics off. Uh, I remember the stint I had with um, Daddy Kev, at, uh, shout out Daddy Kev and Celestial Recordings at uh, Concrete Jungle. And they had two rooms. They had a hip hop room and a, and a, and a, a drum and bass room. So I'm, you know, I had already cut my teeth with drum and bass in the early 90s when I went to UK and whatnot, and I always fuck with, you know, EDM and, and electric music as well. Shout out G-Bone, rest in peace, Ultra Wave and whatnot. You know, playing a rock type beast, but when I got exposed to drum and bass, I always loved it, jungle music. Uh, but I remember MC Woes, shout out Woes, shout out DJ uh, Edit, he used to call himself Connor. When we were in a hip hop room, it would be for me, especially when I, I took a few months to stop drinking, bus driver woes me and oh shredding and we're all pushing the belt i mean people could say they came under my toolage whatever they give me that honor but nah i learned from the young cats too you know I, I think the younger cats got the younger fresher hard drive if it was a computer brain but man when we're cutting and getting into the words and the articulation the attack and consonants of vowels and realizing certain phrases a turn of phrase works different ways when you're trying to conduct a rapid fire delivery and then i also know that it's the pausing Bus driver, he would do something that I like to do too. We would stretch a word out, but the word just stretches, but not like people think, are oh, you stretching the word out because you're thinking about what you're going to say next? No, we're stretching the word out because that's the style. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes you can think about what you're coming with next and it'd be a drill, but bus driver's incredible. Uh, no can do, dumbfounded. I mean, just satire like cats are just because bus drivers like kind of young cat i don't know if they had tears to our age groups whatever i don't go about that shit but mm. he's a younger cat that definitely held his own and excelled beyond you know good life project blowed any one of us and he is phenomenal i think last time i kicked it with him was in lamert he had just put out uh electricity is on our side he did that wild jazz thing shout out jmd i mean he is he was one that was uh, encouraging me to do more transcribed jazz solo type hip hop. Yeah, and so yeah. And for bus you, driver is a cat. He's an yeah. artist. He's, he's he's solid on all levels. And I haven't talked to him for a while, but I wish him well wherever he's at, whatever he's doing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the Good Life a few times, and for those people that don't know that are watching or listening, the Good Life Cafe was uh, a, a place where a lot of MCs came together. It was a hot, it was a hot ground for all the MCs. No, let me tell you, in open you had South Radio or Radiotron, uh -huh. which was a place where kids can go and rap and whatnot, but it was also heavily graffiti influenced. It was all tenants to hip hop influence. 
I would go to New York and back. They didn't handle workshops. I would just, young kid, coffee houses and go up there. You know, there was a renaissance of coffee houses in the mid, late 80s and early 90s from the Jack Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg era of early New York beat Nick, beat Jen kind mm -hmm. of thing that was happening in New York and in L.A. Good Life to me was probably the first real legitimate open mic. We had a slam and a jam it, and then shortly after we, they had Dropping Science in Pasadena, then a few years after they had Lyricist Lounge in New York. But the Good Life was the first place where you could really, really get open and open and MC, and it'd be about well, our brand of hip hop and what we're doing, which was part of the the, the seeding of underground hip hop. Back then, we were, thought we were just part of a hip hop renaissance, you know post late 70s, mid 80s and late 80s, what they call now the golden era. Uh, we are just renaissance with it and underground and, and using it as a place to stay out of trouble and flow. And we didn't know the kind of impact we would have outside of let's say a battle arena or a pep rally or a talent show mm. of our skills. So when we first started in Good Life, few people, then every week more and more people come. I herald and salute everyone that was part of Good Life, especially Ava DuVernay, uh, director, uh, artist supreme goddess and b hall and 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 Ifa, you know rest in peace uh who owned the establishment as well as you know arcane blaze and and, and cve and all the people that came with beats and this that the other equipment uh rick love uh jay smooth um yeah it was a place where it was like our i mean so you know they got movies about it this is the life it's a movie about that place but it was like a, a, a micro Apollo for MCs that didn't pull no punches, shot from the hip. And they were like, if you're not dope, you're not dope. I mean, they had cats there that were like rock and roll black heavy metalers coming in with fucking leather and paint on their face <laughs> like Kiss. But if they were dope and you had a lyrical flow to your song, we wasn't tripping the genre of music. So I was able to stretch my jazz and stretch my Afrodelic, Futurelic kind of vibration in there as well as hip hop stretching the range of pushing the belt, being progressive. So, yeah, man, good life is heralded as such because there wasn't other places yeah. like that back then. We could get out other than, let's say, SWAT meet or school or parking lot somewhere. Or me and Asin and crew used to go to Hollywood Highland and do mock, like, faux battles and put our kangles on the ground and get coin, act like we don't know each other. I'll walk up, <laughs> oh, you rap, you rap. And then crowd see us, they don't know if we're going to fight or whatever, and we battle in, and the next thing you know, we pull it together and be like, oh, I got y'all, and they give us the money and shit. Because you know, you're young, you need that coin. Yeah, coming up oh, in the coming question. up in the golden era. On the question. No, you're good. No, you're we good. love it. Coming up in the golden era of hip hop, was it hard for you not to dabble your toe and like, I want to break dance and I want to do this other stuff? But uh, you know what I mean. I'm going to stick Indeed. with my hip hop. No, lane. I used to break. I used to write. I was Omni. All the I was elements. The first Omni in L.A. I remember Belmont Tunnel, Pan Pacific Theater. I was part of different crews. The main crew was UCA, but I remember WCA. I remember K2S, S2N. I remember Cartoon, Original Tune, Prime, Crime, Skep, Geo, Rest in Peace. Um, so I'm going to go Minus, Rest in Peace, Skill, Time Bomb. Uh, I was better on paper. I didn't have a lot of can control on walls and shit. I always my handshake, uh, PTSD, whatever the fuck. Um, I hit my head a lot, a lot of accidents and wild shit in my life. Um, but I, I know you suck, you know, keep it real. But then I was trying my hand DJ because I shake a lot. I was thinking, okay, I can scratch. But now you have to have a steady hand when you DJ to blend it. To drop the pin. Shout out AD Vance and um, Uncle Jam's Army and, and, and DJ Prince, Dempsey, and 
and Lamont Perkins and, and people that were and DJ Paradise and Curtis Harmon. That when I'm like a kid, 12 years old, 13 years old, you know, oh, I want to get a hip hop DJ, you know, them. So I'm like, okay, you can't really DJ. Plus, I couldn't afford the equipment. Before break dance, you can't really go. try break dancing, walking around with linoleum. I had a little up rock, had a little footwork, but my upper body wasn't strong enough. I, was, I just didn't get it. But for some reason, the boy is all mouth. And that boy could rap his ass off, man. That's, said, what, that's what God gave you. Right, yep. rap it. And all through the years, I became a musician, played trumpet, different instruments. I produced, you know, program it live, project, uh, you know, uh, reasoned all the programming. But then even a while, I stopped producing as much because all of that helped me get a good ear of what quality control is. I never lost. My ears are the best instrument. But by doing that and all that training, even with a trumpet and the wind, armature made me a better MC. And the producers and people I work with through the years, uh, uh, Joseph Lineberg, shout out the writer, producer, shout uh, Known Beats, uh, Tim, uh, Nico Luminous, shout out Factor, of course, um, Grady, Doug Moses, uh, you know, the projects I've put out through the years. These band members, these producers, shout out Meeks, uh, Citrus, getting my range, sing a little bit, this, that, whatever. Uh, this, I felt, made me not only a better MC, but a better vocalist, where I can kind of hear a little better now mm. you know you listen to the bass you listen to the rhythm you know you hear the chord changes you hear in your range where you would most compliment and also less is more where you you know take a step back so yeah thanks for asking that man because it's helping review helping me review me as well right now thank you of course before becoming this underground Let's hope I find my, rock, my papers. <laughs> before uh, Hey, before becoming this underground rap legend, where did you envision your career going? Well, to be honest, and I'm I'm thinking AC alone could attest too, and I don't know if we've actually had conversations about it. And Sumbi, he was more like on the business model, like, hey, if we say independent, stuff fucking with the majors, you no know, stack back, stack back. I kind of knew early on, young and young by not bending so much and sticking to my guns, whether I'm doing group ensembles or by myself, that eventually, whether I live long enough to recognize it, think, you know, God is greatest, I'm still here, that it would be more of a legendary status, the legacy, straight up and down. Now, I'm humble with my science, I'm a legend, all that, you know, I've, I've been kind of getting it through the years and, grandfather style real talk and i take it with a stride I always point up god is greatest source prime creator or universe you know i don't want to get the big head but like and that's like ego maintenance <laughs> however yeah when we were young we knew we were doing some groundbreaking shit especially when other artists were coming out with a bigger platform doing what we were doing so we were encouraged when ll came out we were encouraged when ultramagnetic you know we heard them on the red alert tapes we were encouraged when we heard Kumo D, we were encouraged when we heard De La So matching patterns and styles and shit. You know, encouraged, you know, with the likes of Jay-Z when he did Originator's Chop and like, so, okay, we doing shit. And I, I was never one to say I invented this style or that style because I think about this, the, the, the symbiosis, the synergy of different people, you know, in the Akashic Records and whatever it is. Maybe some people buy it, maybe they don't. I don't know. I don't care. But just knowing that, okay, if other people are doing similar styles, they're keeping the door open. It's a chance for me to express. Because when I was young, I always knew that it was not 
I knew that it would be a challenge for me to be successful because how do you market someone that wants to do different styles every time he touches the mic? I just didn't want to do it the same style. I didn't like biting myself in a way. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're there. Oh, I, got, we're here. I got my first warning, um, 20%. How long have we been talking? Not to put you on time schedule. No, we're... we're See, it's been an hour. We're about, about an hour About in. an hour. We can start wrapping it up right now. Okay, we, we can do a rapid fire, but... Yeah. Let me come on the subject. Uh, I always knew then that it might not be revered because the beats, the style of rap, this yeah. and that. But I had a sense that I was like a Charlie Parker even before I knew who Charlie Parker was. I was just like, no, nah, I like I want to promote individuality. I want to promote being open to the craft. I want to promote a more dynamic range. Because there was a time with me, like, you ain't rapping, you sing it. I'd be like, wait a minute. White lines, cold crush, all kind of shit. And rappers sing uh, motherfucking Biz Marquee and, and TJ Swan. Like, nah, this singing in hip hop is just a, a ragamuffin kind of singing. It's singing in dancehall too, you know, and, and singing jazz. So, nah, I didn't let that get to me. Nice. Let's talk about uh, oh, yeah. Let's talk about your book, My, my Kaleidoscope. Yeah, let's talk about My Kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. Is this something you? Uh, this is your first book you published, I believe. Is this something that you're going to do more of, and are you going to maybe publish a book with some of the stories, and uh, maybe advance this little writing career of yours? Yes, yeah. and yes. Okay. And I got a shout out Parker Pubs. We mm-hmm. work on this for like two plus years, and. Uh, they were very gracious and patient with me, very generous. And I loved what they did with the two mix, but I was just in my mind, like, wait a minute. Cause you just asked questions about the legacy of being a legend or referred to as such. Hmm. I'm still just me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like when Karis sees me, he'll be like, Oh, the light. Or when Buster Rhymes will see me, he'll be like, Oh, the love, <laughs> you know, but. Which makes you cool. When it comes to being, a, 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 you know, a book, and me not wanting to do my own book per se, because people started hearing me about uh, documentaries and stuff. And I'm like, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like, let music speak for itself, whatever. But they're like, no, you got a story, bro. And they talked me into it. And I felt honored. I just had no idea that these brothers were going to help me write a book and help me do the extra work I needed done to make it such a thorough piece that's bigger than me hmm. that encompasses the history of our scene and movement. Like, I don't know if you guys are up to Dilla Time, right? Yep. Did y'all read that book, Dilla Time? Yeah, or, or yeah, yeah. Book? Jay Dilla's book. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And it, you know, it's about him, no doubt, but it's like about all of us, mm-hmm. you know, in the era, like the technical size. So these guys made sure that, okay, we're not just gonna print what Micah says, we're gonna go back and do our research on every single lyric. You know, it might be a typo here or there, but every single interview and they dug deep mm. to where I read the pre-drafts, but I'm still, it's hard for me to get through the final draft because like I tear up bro. I'm like on the last, maybe last 50 pages, but I tear up bro. Cause like so many people showed up and had so many unique perspectives in, in this multifaceted community mm. of, of what we call hip hop or underground hip hop or the music side or the rap side of it, whatever department, you know, people want to, you know, put me in but man you're a musician and then when i saw my bro saw williams the other day bought the book and i posted a picture of him doing it and i was just like man and, and my bro malcolm jamal warner got the book like just from the the stars to like the, the homies and mm-hmm. people like man and I'm, I'm like this book is pretty good you got 900 lyrics i sent them hundreds of lyrics and i left it to their creative license to pick the ones they thought would give a good flow to the book 
I'm like, I like this shit. It's got some hard lyrics, soft lyrics, got the difficulty lyrics, got shit I don't even remember writing. Mm-hmm. The, and the yeah. interviews bring it together and the historical aspect of it is amazing. Again, like I feel like, um, I want to shout open Mike Eagle. I did an interview with him not too long ago. And he's like, you said in the book something about like Forrest Gump on the hip hop scene, because being there for different <laughs> highlights and scenes as well, hip hop is, is, it's just really, it's overwhelming, bro. Thank you for asking. I love the book. I love how it came out. I, I love how we were like non-assuming. I wasn't like hella hard timing or so much of a stickler for this or that. And it just naturally became what it is, which kind of um, describes my career. Like I got past if the beat's a little off or if they didn't mix my vocals up or if they didn't put my rhymes in the right place. No, like I, I learned not to hard time. And it, and it, I just think putting love into things, you get love out of it straight up. The Forrest Gump of hip hop. Well, like, well I, said. I love, huh? that. I love that. Well, once again. I mean, maybe, maybe not. A lot of people claim that. But when I think about different scenes of people I know and experience, I can think about D-Nice. You know, I think about Karis. I think about Daddy-O, Stessa, you know, because like Stessa Sonic, they match patterns and they rhymes different mm. scenes with pattern. They like, you know, that's Paul, mm. you know. And a couple years ago, Paul was talking about, you want to do a project. It would be beautiful. Alchemist. Like. Even the A-listers, they don't forget about me. You know, Snoop or Jay-Z, they still like, oh, Micah, you know, Nipsey, rest in peace when he was alive. Hmm. You know, Micah, freestyle, like, yeah, it's a trip. It's yeah. really a trip where when it comes to the real artistry, motherfuckers give you respect. Jazz cats, Tomas, Terrace Martin, like, I mean, even the homies I worked with on our little demos became Grammy and platinum producers, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're now, you know, so, it's a humbling honor to even be to even be doing this podcast, bro. Well, Straight up. we appreciate you. It's a mind fuck. The, I just love to the mind fuck. The Mike one and, more quick question. The for Mike you. and Nine story is a big part of hip hop. Yes, it is. And one more question for you before you go. Uh, I've talked to a lot of rappers and asked them who their favorite rapper is. Most of them have said Mike and Nine. Mm-hmm. You're known as no way. You're you're known as your you know your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Yes. Uh, who is your favorite rapper? Okay, Open Mike Eagle asked me that for this shit, and he's like, well, they wanted to know the top five. I'm going to need just a second, you guys. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't have a ladder. I got to light my joint on okay. the stove, so yeah. if you guys are going to uh, blaze it, blaze it with me. We'll, we'll, and, we'll and light I'll it up right now. I'll do my best to kind of ask on because you said favorite rapper. Yeah, who's your favorite five, rapper? It's hard. Give me a second. All I right. have to use the bathroom, so. Okay. Audience, whoever's listening, just give me a couple minutes. I got light my joint. I gotta we got right, this cool. one on. It's on. I got to take a little time to think. Who do you think it's going to be? You guys got any Man. guesses? I'll never, I'll never pass a drug test in this motherfucker. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Who do you think? Who's yeah. it going to be? Who's his favorite rapper of all time? Ooh. Man. It's gonna, is, is it going to be a L.A. dude? Could it be a, pro- gonna, a gonna Project Bloat guy? Fuck, I don't or know. Or someone outside of Project Bloat. Could it be Abby? Abby Rude? Nah. Could it be one of the boys? Could it be R- Ruby the Cherry? Nah. <laughs> That'd be tight. Could it be LL? Ooh. Could it be LL? From, he's a beginner. You know, okay, he's one of the okay. one of the first who changed his style. We're completely. about to find out. You LL guys went on the edge B-boy? of your seat. We're gonna find out. Could it be DMX? What, your favorite rapper? You know what favorite I wanted rapper? to ask him though. I wanted to ask him how's it, you know do you get upset when a rapper totally changes? Like, hey, LL's kind of like uh, a, a smart to us. Probably change. All right. But if it was one MC and one MC only, the answer may change. Right now. But if it was one MC and one MC only, it's got to be LL. Oh, <laughs> nice. You I almost go got it. For so many reasons. Mama Skills, said, knock you different out. styles, yeah. success, entrepreneurship, acting, uh, longevity. Yeah. 
um, putting other people on. And then I could think Eminem, but Eminem, you know, for the most part does, you know, kind of like what I do on different levels, but doing it on a professional level. Like before Em got on with Dre, I was in the studio with Dre and, and they gave me the stamp Calabasas, but I went to jail. And during that time he slipped in, whatever, but that ain't the point. I ain't trying to look at it this way, that way. I met Em, Em gave me props, I ain't tripping. I've heard Em uh, say that. Uh, otherwise, otherwise waxed them like in the scribbles. But anyway, yeah. uh, but Eminem is up there, but I'm saying LL first and foremost hits. R&B across the spectrum around the world at 17 years old, teaching white folks and people around the world when they put them on them tours where there were no hip hop venues to perform at. Mm. There's video footage if you go on YouTube, LL Cool J, 17, little white kids sitting down with their legs crossed. This, what we're about to do is called hip hop. This is a microphone. I'm gonna do what's called rapping. Mm. And him over here, there, he's gonna do what's called scratching. And he has two records, you know, like the Amazing. educational Crazy. pioneer. Amazing. That is crazy. Of the culture and craft. I mean, I can go, you know, early, early on, the early MCs, you know, Sugar Hill, all the input pioneers are cute to third. I can go up, uh, Last Poets, I can go to the jazz vocalese, this, that. But rapper in general, I, I mean, I can flip it over to Missy Elliott. I can flip it over to Meg the Stallion or a different people's style, or Doja Cat the style, and I'm surprised. No, but that's sort of, you know, Nikki, Lil' Kim, the girls. Then, of course, you know, you got Nas, you got, you know, different individuals, but then if, if you want to, you know, then getting the 20, 30, 40 MCs. Because to me, Dr. Dre is still a rapper to me, mm, not just yeah. a producer. Yeah. And when he's a you got Snoop. Like, I knew Snoop. I used to write rhymes with RBX, kick with RBX. His little cousin was Snoop. Hey, man, calling us on three-way. I got a couple raps. I got a couple raps. <laughs> Come on the couch and crash on the couch and write and have a session. But he has a dream. What I learned from Snoop all these years is he had an unwavering dream to be on the top and successful. And he continued to do that. And kept it true to his set, his gangs, and his homies, everything, and you know, and all this trial tribulation. I could say Tupac because the legacy that he holds, but a real MC though, mm -hmm. ciphering, rap different than songs, jail, this and that, shot, you know, rest in peace. Biggie, his uh, energy, but then I go personal. My personal favorites, I'll be like AC Alone, Abstract Root, E Rule of Law, uh, Born, uh, Def I, Def Three, like Chesky cool. Ramos. Yes, now, sir. I'm talking about, I know a gang of dope MCs, male and female, mm -hmm. Medusa, no motherfucking Hell doubt. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Dude. Woo! I can keep going, man. Uh, Sarah, Dynasty, some of the young up-and-comers, different ranges of hip-hop. I remember back in the day, hanging out with uh, Talib, uh, Dante, Yasin Bey, uh, Lauren Hill, uh, mm. Prodigal Son, we, you know, uh, mm. I, I G off, uh, Adolf the Assassin, call himself Agala now. There was some people that had the hunger, you know, for it as well, and became successful. Yet also, you got to get into your dance hall DJs and stuff, or MCs, they call them DJs, you know, Papa San, not just who can rap fast or slower, chopper, this or that. And then old, young, new, you got Daz, you got Hop Sin, you got uh, Jordan Lucas, you got J. Cole, you know, K-Dot, you know, you got motherfuckers, Kendrick Lamar, you know, back in the Project Blow days, he called himself K-Dot. Where excellent MCs, excellent musicians, statesmen, what they've achieved again, Buster Rhymes. Come on, man, you can't tell me like you can't rap. You know, oh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. his crushes, wind, having that wind on stage. I mean, so many dope MCs across the board. Whether they, but then you also go Rakim, KRS One, Slick Rick, Knock It Off, Beastie Boys, groundbreaking. Not only in their lyrication and their background, but the music. Hell yeah, production. Their approach. Yeah. UTFO. Rest in peace, intelligent rapper. Rest in peace, Kango Kid. Mm. My shit goes so wide, bruh. 
in my brain, male and female. I don't exclude the female MCs. Everything from boss to ice cream tea. I don't know if y'all remember a female MC named Ice Cream mm-hmm. Tea. Nope. nope. We nope. might have to listen to her tonight. I like Mia You've got to go and check her we're out. We're check her Let's out tonight. Do it. Ice Cream Tea. Well, I Can't Hold Back. Well, That's one of her songs. We're doing it, I brother. Ultra Magnetic MCs. Cool Keep. Cool Keep is set. Oh, yeah. Matching rhyme patterns. Pausing and using diverse <laughs> vernacular. The fuck out of here. Taking us a school. Jay-Z been chopping at originators. And oh, the jazz. There you go. Nigga, I still... I love jazz. Still, even medium era smoke is Educate. Scarface, writing all the rhymes. You couldn't tell me back when I was what was driving them pounds of uh, weed before it was Mary, Mary, you know all that. Yeah. Uh, let me, I mean, I got all kinds of stories, all kinds of stories. I was, I was always but, told. But then you also got battlers. <laughs> yeah. The battlers from Disaster, No Can Do, yeah. or Supernatural. Fuck yeah. Like Bill Mack. It's Dumbfounded. different when you don't have a a, a label platform yeah. pushing you in just by the, yeah. the, the sake of your skills. You know, locksmith. Mm. Uh, oh, Hide Prince, Oof. nigga, Montana 300, mm. nigga, come on now, man. We There's could go. We could do this here. all night long. They wrap their fucking asses off. Not to mention core crew. You mentioned bus driver. Come on, man. Talk about rap virtuosos, mm. bro. Self Jupiter, peace. Warcourses. Core crew members. I mean, I'm always flustered when I'm asked that question, but hopefully, I gave you guys a quick idea. Oh, uh, workhorses, uh, all workhorses in the game. But yes. there's still so many more. So many more. Uh, in, or in Europe, Amavu, uh, Dizzy Rascal, um, mm. motherfucking, uh, who my grind Love rappers, uh, Stormzy and Skepta, you know, like, mm. and they, they're big name, but they got a lot of under them, London Posse from back in the day. American grime, I got to shout out Jumanji, Finesse. Oof. Come on now. Damn. So hey, New real York quick. Just across the board. I can even go back to Beans no. and Antipop, Anticon, Soul, Dose. There you Woo! go. There you go. Idea, rest in peace. Yeah. I don't think the people yeah. is dead. I think they're still alive, oh, lyrically. Hell Gift yeah. Gab, Ideas Zumbi. alive. Gift of Gab. Yeah, Zumbi. Gift of Gab for hey, sure. Hey, real quick Zumbi. before we go. Right. Justice. What's the beef with Talib Kweli? You guys squash it yet, or are you guys still beefing? No, I'm saying it was some hip-hop trash talking to me. Yeah. Even though I got death threats and shit. It's like battle I shit. Asked, got asked a few times. When you love somebody, you don't start loving them because it's a trash talk. For sure. And as long as ain't nobody trying to swing on me, shoot mm-hmm. me, kill me. It's that's one right. thing. But when you're trying to dunk my career, cut my lane off, because you got a million followers and a million dollars, and I'm the nigga that, you know, nothing but love for you and had your mm-hmm. back, and, you know, yeah. whatever the fuck. Let's get a live battle going. Narcissism is a disease or some. I guess because you get hit from so many different angles. And you know, I, I did my best to polish it out. Dig. Oh, I, I didn't. Wait, thank you for me. L.A. Motherfucking Cool is mm-hmm. one of the best MCs on the motherfucking planet, mm-hmm. and he was involved in a little funk with. I'm just saying. Yeah. Real talk though, like more than what y'all might have ever heard, he's played me shit, clairvoyant freestyling on jazz music. Chopping circles around some of my best chops. Mm. Y'all don't have no idea. Niggas is dope. Miss CR ain't no slouch either. Mm. Beyond the, the street element or funk or whatever, niggas be pumping and pushing a hard line when it comes to not only degree of difficulty lyrics, but keeping the dream alive about the forefront of pushing the belt. Now, yeah, it was like some troll baiting trash talk relevance and it broke my heart it was like fucked up yeah that's then when he got huffy and puffy motherfuckers threatening me and all that some shit and taking me a dark side i said fuck it then then they put out the disc video and i love diamond d fellowship recorded with diamond d in the city using weaponizing diamond d to put my face in the video and all that super dissing and like 
trash and like I'm like, oh man, I gotta hit you with something for real, because you know there was belt this, belt that. And so I don't know if y'all caught that Russian rag. Yep. They, they try, they try to easy eat you with Dr. Dre. Ukraine. I follow politics and geopolitics. I follow archaeology. I follow science. To me, it's all about science, technology, engineering, and math. Hmm. Uh, like, no, let me go ahead and, and throw a jab. But people try to poly it out, but they want to poly it out after he's been dragging me for a couple of years. I'm like, no, let me eat off my shit for a young year yeah. or so, you know. But I wouldn't, you know, it ain't no no young kids with the bullshit, you know. Me, I'm just keeping it hip hop, bro. Yeah, let's get and, my, uh, let's get a Micah Nine versus that, that's Colin what I'm So to me, I, I never really, I mean, that's a grown man, but I, I never took credence into the beef of it being more of a beef than a trash talking disagreement, even though. You never know what the other man feeling. They might want to, you know, run yeah. that fade or whatever. They might want to line them up, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. God is ready. I don't fear nobody. There you mm-hmm. go. But uh, it is most unfortunate because I found out later some of our group of friends were also having problems with them as well. You know, Mood Crew, shout out Main Flow and Dante. Different people. And I didn't want to be like, you know, you coattailing. And I'm just like, nigga, I'm Mike. Nigga, like, I never had nothing against you. I always had your back, bro. Like, mm. just did a song for your title track and your record, nigga. Like, and that mm. day I'm doing a video, my father died. Like, nah, nigga, true. like, it's just wild to where I'm just sending a brother love. I'm sending people love. That way I don't harbor bitterness, you know, mm. and, and make room for something better. But it's most unfortunate that that, that occurred, especially when I did my diligence in, in trying to poly that out. Well, that man owes you an apology. He definitely owes you an apology. Whether you but, want to look at it that way or not, he owes you an apology. It just sucks losing an old friend. No, that's never yeah. easy. Never yeah. fucking easy. Yeah, I've seen a cat love, but, uh, you know, you can love some people with a long-handled spoon from a distance. Yeah, fucking you know, yeah, and I'm not tripping. I just thought that was rather bizarre. And I've had interviews where I've expressed myself different ways. Yes, sir. But when I think about it, I don't like to think about it because, yeah. you know, you got to control your mood. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just kind of like, it's just not the best get down. So I hope he's, you know, working on that. Hmm. But, you know, it's all, uh, you know, different artists, there's a lot of pressures in the game and they go through different things and relationships, and challenges. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. You know, you know, cats be having a, I don't know, a midlife crisis, something, I don't know, but like, mm. it's all love, but I was like, well, shit. I mean, I did like, wrote like 400 bars, I did like three or four personal diss songs, and me and LA Cool did like three or four follow-ups just in case mm-hmm. they come. But I did that one Russian rag joint, and I dig that because I went back and took uh, James Reese Europe 100 years ago, all black, first ragtime military jazz band, and they did a cover of a Russian rag, which I always thought just had like a warmongering kind of aggression to it. So you want war, I'm a, I'm a channeling what who I know is the most obnoxious warmongering vibe just to spoof it on you and, and the narcissistic uh, uh, power play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was fun for what it's worth. I hope someday, you know, we patch it out, but that's on that, man. You know, I have no problem talking with people, whatever, but it took a dent in my career. You know, I missed a couple of shows. And again, I got a couple death threats, you know, people trying to pull a Muslim car on me and all this vile shit. And I'm like, I don't, I really don't fear nobody but God. So the fuck what y'all talking about? And I don't want nothing to happen to me and my folks and nothing to happen to him. This fresh off of my bro LL, I mean LA being shot like three times in his neck and in his side. Like, you know, like you arguing with niggas that I'm glad made it, you know, through life. Like you fuck with niggas that, that really be about this 
or was or whatever, how y'all want to look at about the element. Because I ain't trying to sit down and nobody paying. I ain't trying to hurt nobody, nothing like that. You know, but like, when you're really about that shit or really been through that shit, it don't impress you and you go in some other place. And out of all the different beefs, I never did a diss record. And all the beefs really fit to be my guy. My guy of guys, my guy is like, it's bizarre, man. And it's not me. And, uh, yeah. you know, he probably might have a different take or maybe wouldn't even speak on it because it's levels or tears to this, whatever the case may be. But give a fuck, man. It don't infringe on my serenity as much as I thought it would. And again, it's all love. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. I think I got him, though. I yeah, think I, I think you won. Oh, you won. You won. You got him. You guys won. You LA cool won. You. And, you know, Diane, not. Now, I, I thought, I thought, I mean, I got way more. Oh, I got some heat. Hell yeah. I got, I got shit harder than that and dope. I mean, I got shit where I want, I want to take the diss verses off and put new verses just because they hit songs. Mm. Shout out my nigga Pun. He going through a lot right now as well. But I'm saying, mm. ooh. One oh, oh Micah. I'm well, glad he didn't keep it pumping. All love over Let here. Thank you so much. We've taken enough of your Friday night. Go ahead and get back in the studio. Make beautiful music. Uh, we really do appreciate you and everything you've done for the hip-hop community and continue to do four decades in. And we uh, we uh, can't wait to hear all the new music that you have coming out. And uh, shout out to you. Thank you so much for joining Milk Crates and Microphones. Much love, much love. Everybody, the one and only Micah Nine. Yes, yep. sir. It's all love. Get that book www.myka9book.com Also, I got a shout out Freematic. I got a project coming out called Teleported 3. It's more spacey weird rap in conjunction with our comic called Dark Moon Comic. Yes. And also check out all the other works, all the other projects and albums and support Project Bloat, all the different artists. Support all our associated and affiliated crews. LA, West Coast, USA, Worldwide. It's all love. Thank you guys for this hey, opportunity. Yes, sir, I appreciate man. you yeah. tremendously. We, we appreciate your time. Uh, and like I said, can't wait to hear your new music. And hopefully we could do this again. Maybe we get you man, back on It's this. an honor and a privilege, no doubt. Hell yeah. Maybe sometime when you're with Factor, we can do a duo. We get both of you on this. And we uh, we talk to both well, of you. Well, let me tell you something. I was just in Canada. I toured with Mickey O'Brien at yeah. Notch Magnus. Did a, a fly through Saskatoon. <clears throat> Every time I'm in Canada, I got to record with Factor. Me and Chesky got a song that is very powerful. Fucking love Chesky. He just happened yeah. to be in town too. Yeah, yeah. And I got other projects and stuff coming out. Just you know, support your bro, support the crew, always support the community, support yourself too as you're an artist, and to all the other artists that are out there, keep doing it, man. Even because we're artists in the way that you know we're made and we're born so you got to do it anyway mm. you know what i mean whether you're making money or whether you're getting acclaim or not so salute to all the closet mcs closet producers and musicians out there and, and and big fish small pond take that show on the road tour share the love you'll be surprised a lot of people support the artistry i'm seeing love to a lot of people in europe and around the world that are going through a lot of adversity you know with droughts and and people dealing with these political issues as well. Remember, you know, we're bigger than what's out here. Hell yeah. It's all love. It's Peace all love. Guys. Thank you for all everything. Love, we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you later. Um, Mike and Nine, baby. Yep. Hell yeah. Like I was always told, without yes, a dream, you got no direction. You got to have a dream, Very man. True. You got to have a dream. Mike and Nine had a dream, and uh, 
he made it come to fruition, bro. Fucking A, man. And that was a really good interview, man. He's got a lot to say. Yeah. Underground la- uh, rap legend once again. Like, God, we could have done honestly, bro, mean, uh, another I hour so with many, him, man. So yeah. many more questions to get into. Oh, man. Obviously, uh, it's Friday night. I'm mm. not trying to take up uh, this nah. legend's time like no. that. He already uh, gave us such in-depth answers. Yeah. Got some stuff that, like he said, he's never even... He's never answered questions like that in that way. He's and gotten those, he's gotten a couple of those questions, but he answered them a little bit different from your boys at Mill Crates and Mike. Fucking a. But thank you again to Mike and I for, for joining blessing us. us with his time. Like I said, it's not easy on a Friday night. I know just from my experience, it's not easy to get a little bit of time to come out here on a yeah. Friday to do this. So yeah, hell yeah. Anytime somebody will spend it with us, take we really time out of his day to really you know put aside for someone that he doesn't even know. Mm. How yeah, many? Right. I mean, that journey that through four decades 40 years it's crazy 40 years of in the hip-hop so community he's so he's 57 southern Ella. no he said he's in 53 53 okay okay i was thinking maybe he yeah. was 17 when he started when he was, he was 13, 13 14, he, wrote yeah, his first, right. he said bus, he recorded yeah. his first no he recorded his first demo when he was 13 oh yeah and then he'd been rapping on the bus as a child and all that good stuff so that was when crazy. he was 10 or 12 that's like that's think crazy. about that that was in the 70s then yeah Jeez, man. That'd be crazy to grow up in the 70s and 80s and see the total evolution of the way rap changed. Bro, yeah, he had a hand in it. Yeah. How about that? He had a hand yeah. in hip-hop ev- evolving and changing. It evolved with his style. Yeah. It, the just, Chop. Just the Chop is world famous. And you can <clears throat> you can probably say that... Uh, you want to leave that door open for a second? You're killing us in here. <clears throat> you could probably say... That trap music is an evolution of chop, of the chop that from Southern California that Mike and I and Project Bloat and the dudes at Good Life created that choppy style, um, the timing, like you said, the patterns and stuff like that. Even Micah, I I wanted to get into this. We didn't have time, but Mm. the way that he uses his voice is like another instrument on the the beat. You know what I mean? Like he's another part of the beat. He's not just a voice over the beat. If you listen... He's like melodically f- creating another instrument inside that beat. Yeah, a with different type of melody on it, oh, yeah, and of with words and with a subject. It's yeah. all so complex, and one of the greatest to ever do it. Obviously, with the pen and freestyling. That being said, <laughs> yes, sir. You got a Mike and I song you want to play? Yeah, I do. Give it to me. <laughs> song picks uh, of the, the motherfucking week. week. Uh, it's this, a song pick. This is an album he he spoke about during that interview. Uh, Gramophone. Uh, the track from it I'd like to hear is Delusions of Grandeur. There you go. Delusions of Grandeur. Internet's moving slow now. <laughs> Internet's or just Grandeur. Internet stoned over here. Jesus yeah, Internet Christ. is stoned. Um, uh, okay, stoned, so we're going to play. I mean, shit, because it's smoky as fuck in here. Mm-hmm. It is Good old smoky. Good old smoky. Good old equipment. All yes, right, sir. so we're going to be playing off of. Yes, sir. Off of Gramophone. the album Gramophone. Delusions of Grandeur. <laughs> Shows fucking he can rap over anything, dog. Delusion to grant to the fools over man's solutions and answer the groove and the dance of the proof with the jam should be viewed with the land was a skew from the plan is to truth in the hand that you grew with a man not to sue was a scam but the move was a tangent to choose that you ran from the crew with the can the conclusion you slander the juice that we managed to lose to grant you there's nothing you can do to the panther you through the tantrum who spit a mantra keep bluffing what do you to damper it's true that you hamper the move with your banter we buffing on the move on example you blew the example and knew took a handful I knew you were stranded the clue to be candid your foolish low antics ain't cool with the family people tell me what's how it is terrific and care is 
wine to the brothers are Olympics. They say he got lines and he keeping it uplifted. He's speaking in tongues and the dude with the business. He's smooth and relentless. Excuse me, the minute with the tools of a commands to bruise. And the blemishes are cool. And the grumblings are cool with the innocent to do with the limited and stupid and the ignorant. Give me a little hit. I'm gonna make a million with a lick. I'm killing it and drilling a little bit. I'm just refusing to trick. I'm too legitimate to quit it out of the pulpit without the bullshit. Insignificant unless you are really new suited. And discipline, give it dividends, live independent. And if any do truth fits, cruise it, produce it, move it. Delusions to grab to the fuchsias and the pools in the mansion to do it. Set a friend to behoofment and soothe in advance. We can music advance as a sleuth and recluse in the rants of the voodoo to anthem. But you can play the tandem, major of the bandom. From lemonade stand to the renegade plans with the minute made clan revolutionary rule with demands. Keep putting like cool, I'ma hand you with two pieces of answers. A cure for your cancer. It's a fellowship crew with the camera zoo with the handle as a smooth for the animals. Big bits coming through with the summit of the view for the summit of the truth. The romance of a new for two sands of the extra big answer from Texas. A cancer for Ruby Andes. But thank you. It's crazy how he rides that. And he rides that shit. It's crazy. You would think that somebody would kind of match that sound. He matched master that being said <laughs> that being said the man makes it sound like he's scratching his own music with his own fucking mouth you, right? he's like scratching his own shit yeah yeah and, and you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's that's so fucking hard to do jesus yeah yeah i got a song pick for that too i'm going you're gonna go go yeah. ahead no you shouldn't go you're the guy you're the guy over you're there. the guy you're the guy man we you're should go guy. and then you go that's uh, cool you're the guy you should I'm go after we go the guy it's fucked up the guy's what gonna do, you do got, that what's guys? the guy would the guy do that to us I'm letting the guy do this. Oh, we got a commercial, too. So I'm going to be playing a song. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what album this is off of. It might be off. I'm not sure. So many. It is Prophetic Vision. This is Micah 9 with Prophetic Vision. Micah 9 and Dub Moses, your top request. Self-titled. Got vision. You have visions. That's it. Prophetic visions. Open up bed edition. No, if not read submission. Folks, it's not dead. We listen. Open prophetic vision. Smoking pothead religion. Broken got credit position. Joker stops dead division. Cope meds when the nose bled as the pro said fled from prison. Chills dead to help hope fed from a moped carried the kitchen. Ghost dead by the hostess, but your soul said head in business. No slip with broke bread, but your folk kept begging forgiveness. Go left with your no rep, not in hope depth, get a division. Joe's right while the flow wet, now you know flex set up in stitches. No threats on the road checks, got a project, catch for intention. Don't slip that I dismissed them. Go next step in the wisdom. Show live with a full five, you were no job, kept you a pistol. Don't hide, now a slow guy in the old my fetch in your issue. Drunk by through an old wise to behold, I quest from tradition. Go wise, blessed if you visit. No 
like yes, it's exquisite. Prophetic aesthetic, y'all said it, that's headed off. Reddit, cash, credit, loss, edit, last debit, Ezekiel, saw a wheel turn it. Way up in the middle of the air, Moses split the sea for journeys. I'm Gilgamesh, where John the Baptist is Isaiah, Amos, Daniel, Enoch, Jeremiah, Miriam, and Emmanuel. Jesus knew his fate, Muhammad, peace be upon him. And when you pray to the Creator, you tap into abundance. God is greatest, not the predictions of political pundits. And they say it's like the president or a so called witch hunters. They were seers into the future, readers of coming danger. Meditations on Iching, Nostradamus, and others. Fortune tellers, computer algorithms. People offer now, roomy books, casting spells, tea leaves, and coffee grounds. Some souls are lost or found, controls are tossed around. Exposed to office clown, take off the boss's crown. More rounds to the whole town. To show down devils are sizzling More hounds like a dog pound in the battleground Yes, I get bitten, blessed and forgiven Arrested as children, fleshed out of living Pressed with the building I know in the final days there will be judgment Not quite on these TV shows, but from the summit Love, light, and peace, just fight the beast Trust, right, release, or you might end up in the dungeon So bad like those had when they know that what's happening next Low sad from a whole drag like a no bad that was trapped in a set No rat had a score pad for the gonad that was slapping the sweat Yo glad that my old dad went and told lad that the rapper respect Man, that shit is fire Are you talking Dude. like just there's no chorus for that whole Jeez. time He just killing, 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 killing That's just crazy cooking Dude, Micah Nine oh, is a fucking styles he's a galore. genius, bro. Crazy. A genius. Styles galore. He ta- he's very that well spoken. It, he's man. very well like, spoken. He's definitely well spoken. God, and in the vocabulary, once again, the number one, the largest Didn't vocabulary. Even get into this. No, the we largest congratulated the man. Just yes. got rated. He would have get going. He would have told him that one. Yeah. He, really got he was the fucking yeah. top <laughs> vocabulary. Yeah. Of all time. I felt like he talked about it so much I didn't want to keep bothering him with the same shit. But yes, dude, the number one no, largest vocabulary yeah, I've heard a few of hip hop, bro, according to that Matt Daniel study, dude. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. Bigger than Aesop Rock. Bigger right, give than me anybody. first things last. Jeez. Oof. Talking killers here. A fucking mastermind. He's a killer, man. The guy's a fucking genius. A fucking genius, brother. Oh, this is Daddy Kev? Lyrical legend. Or no, Mike and I. And Mike and I. See I see Daddy Kev, yes, sir. Uh, off of the album. Time table. Here is Mike and I. First things last. What? First is a calling from a greater power within you. And second is a reckoning ability for right and wrong. Shout out to the naysayers out there for sure. Yeah, about to. 
And shout out to Mike and Most definitely. Psychedelics, that song. Oh, for sure. Whistling. The whistling uses an instrument. Shit. Bad motherfucker, bro. That's one thing I wanted to ask him was about the psychedelic uh, type of shit because his music has a lot of psychedelic influences and For shit. Sure. And he uh, was born uh, the producers he works. He was with born in 1969 when the Sid was running the 70s and yeah. shit. You know, so he probably saw a lot of shit and was around a lot of shit. I'm oh, sure. Can imagine. I'm sure. One thing you got to respect. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to respect about Mike and I. But one thing in particular is. He, he took a lot of swings, you know what I mean? And yeah. You, you're never going to get anywhere if you're not taking a lot of swings. Like True. he talked about, he got True. a lot of hate for, or not hate, but um, people backlash for yeah, him doing so many shit. features and shit. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, he's out here taking swings. Like that song right there, to pick that beat and be like, oh, I'm, I like this beat. I'm going to do this style. Yeah. And to do what he just did, that's yeah. a big swing. He right takes there big swings a lot. Chances. But big swings sure. to take. But that's guess what? Falls that, through a lot with what's a big that, hit. What's that <laughs> very, very annoying saying that everyone says? Uh, you fucking miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't miss. If you don't take it. Yeah, some true, shit or you don't take. Sorry, I, yep. I butchered that one. But it's true, you know. Very true. Very cliche, cliche, but it's true. And mm-hmm. for someone like Mike and I, taking all the cuts that he's taken, he's hit a lot out of the park. Yeah. A lot of grand yeah. salamis out here for sure. So shout out Mike and I once again. One of the best interviews Milk Crates and Microphones has ever got to do. Yep. yep. Once again, bringing you another one, and uh, we look forward to it. We got a lot more. Coming your a fucking lot way. Yeah. More coming that I mean, way. mail crates and uh, microphones were taking big hits as well. Yeah. Or taking big swings, I should say. Close it? Yeah. So but we, uh, we got a lot of more big hits coming your way. So, just yeah. Stay I mean, tuned. hopefully by the end of the year, <clears throat> shoot, this might be the real year of the guest. Yeah, I mean, we're building Remember a nice the year little catalog. Guess we yeah. thought it was 2018. 20, 2019, I yeah, believe. Yeah, we thought it was 19, that's but true. it's actually the 2022. Year Lord, the year wow, of the guest. That's true. 2019. <laughs> but guess what? 2022. Looking guesty. Looking real guesty out here. COVID put a little kick in the whole mm. guesty. Yep. We kicked Motherfuckers want to be a guest. And hopefully we can get we're some here. more guests into the studio. It's yes. tough. It's yes. tough. It's tough on a Friday to get somebody even to get on a Zoom mm-hmm. call, but to get them in the studios twice as hard. But hopefully in the future, we can get you some more local artists, some of our our favorite yep. mm-hmm. local people and uh, people doing a lot of different things. Not just rappers. Look forward yeah. to maybe some more yes, wrestlers. Sir. Maybe I some have anybody. a big in-person studio uh, appearance coming up. Mm-hmm. That's what we love. Just gonna let you guys know. That's what we love. Who's That's all gonna, gonna say. She puts, she puts things in her <laughs> pussy, huh? Oh, no. no. <laughs> One of those. Nothing like that. Nothing we like can't that. do this. We can't have those on these shows. We can't do this. So, Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? <laughs> Who do you think you are? You gonna wrap it up with a freestyle or you wanna just call it or whatever? This is gonna be it, right? here i like your style and thank you again for joining us once again i can't say thank you enough to mike and i the legend the underground hip-hop head that 
everyone says is their favorite rapper. It's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. We got mm-hmm. to hear his top 150. Ooh. If you want to see that, go ahead and rewind it. You can watch that whole interview. We heard his more. favorite rapper. Go back on the YouTube page and watch some of the interviews. Uh, feel free to check out the Facebook, the Instagram. It's all Milk Crates and Please Microphones. Do. It's all Milk and Mics. And like Mike and I always says, it is all love. Thank yep. you, guys. It's not, though, because if you're not watching this show, you're fucking up. And I'm going to let you know right now, the naysayers out there need to wake up and realize you got to stop sleeping on the milk people. And you know what? That's good with me, because if you want to sleep on us, keep sleeping, baby. Yes. But that's a shout-out from your boy, the infamous nonsense out there. seven seasons into this motherfucker. Hundred-something episodes in. Hundred-something. Some, that's that's a number that you don't even know. And 60. 60-something. When it gets 169, I'm going to call up your mama. So shout-out to Milk Crates and Microphones. Uh, God didn't create this shit, but we did. Yes. And I'm going to appreciate the fuck out of you guys forever. Love you, Yams. Thank you so much for coming yes, out sir. and doing this and uh, pushing through that wall. I'm with you and Sig. Thank you for everything you do for us. Oh, yeah. This podcast has grown a oh, lot since yeah. you have come on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that you're on board, strap on because the rocket ship is on. You were the missing cog. Ooh. You were the missing cog. Strap in, milk people. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mike and Nine. Tell them. Shout out to the milk people. Tell them. Shout out to everybody. Tell it's em. all love. Yes, it's sir. All love. Thank you guys again for watching. Uh, if you're watching, please go listen. Subscribe on all your podcast apps. If you're listening, please come to YouTube and start watching the live shit because uh, you're missing out. There's a lot of special shit that you're missing out on. That yes. is all I'm going to say for that. As always, do not kill yourself, America, because we love you. Peace the fuck out. And before Peace you, to Mike and I. Before they go, everybody. Let, let everybody know. If, you, if you're tuning in on YouTube, we got a special giveaway coming up. So just yeah, be tuning in. Special giveaway. Uh, all you got to do is subscribe and comment, and we'll uh, send you a coffee mug and a T-shirt. That, yes, is for, that is for our 500 subscribers. Hopefully, we can get to 1K soon. Help yes. tell a friend and push us to that 1K limit. And uh, hopefully, we can get some more great artists like Mike and I, like Sage Francis, like Factor Chandelier, like fucking Chesky Ramos. Ramos. We're going to get them all on here. Oh, yeah. No yes. crates of microphones. We're going to do this. We love you. All right. Peace the fuck out. And peace, peace, peace. peace. Say goodnight, John. Good night, John. Thumbs up, BK. Thumbs down. Thumbs. <laughs> no, thumbs up, baby. Thumbs up. Always thumbs up. Son of it's a all bitch. Love. It's Always all thumbs love. up. It's all love. It's all love. And we'll see you guys soon. We out. Hey, peace. future make it amazing discover the power of a university of arizona online degree with 100 plus programs you'll never settle for anything less than amazing go to online.arizona.edu to apply